Lunatic. The New York Monthly calls it the most frightening movie since the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. A shock-a-minute thrill ride that will give you nightmares. It is a film not recommended for the young or those with heart conditions. A registered nurse will be at the theater to treat those who cannot handle the terror. Lunatic, a twisted look into the mind of a diabolical madman. The San Diego Shopper calls it a masterpiece of slasher horror, on par with Halloween and Psycho. Lunatic, the most shocking motion picture of our time. Rated R, under 17, not permitted without parent. Lunatic, don't see it alone. They know how to make you smile. You're already here, why don't you stay a while? Kick back, relax, you freaks. They're playing all the tricks and taking all of the treats. Grab a whiskey and hang on tight. Smoke that bong with all your might. They write books, but that ain't all. One short and smooth and one is hairy and tall. It's vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne. They argue about everything and then drive each other so insane. Vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne. It's vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne. Best buds talking book of the week. And all the horror stuff that they think is neat Hanging loose through in ridiculous reads Not cause we deserve it cause it's what we need Vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne They argue about everything and drive each other so insane Vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne it's vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne. Welcome to Vital Social Issues and Stuff with Chris and John Wayne. I'm John Wayne. You know that with me as always is my awesome compadre, Christopher Triana. Chris. Christopher Triana. Ooh cream yes i got it i felt a little cream rise in myself when you said that right there yeah all right right I did, it gets yeah. you going gets you going you gotta snap into it Ooh, that's uh that's spooky this is of course because it's a spooky season still uh this mm, is our house time episode actually and you're spooking me out with all this crazy uh you know slapping and snapping and it's it's the it's the madness it's the macho madness you know you get it and it's like a fever you know you the, the you, macho you get a roll th- the macho madness the macho madness now was that a flavor of slim jim because if not no. that was a missed opportunity no it should have been yeah you're right no yeah. macho madness was a lot like hulkamania and like it was what uh, it was you know all the fans of uh, macho man randy savage you know it was called the macho madness kind of like how hulk hogan had hulkamania oh, oh like how lady gaga has the little monsters and how i i don't know i don't know that about like, her and yeah. yeah yeah and then um uh, you know, Beyonce has the bees, like, you know, I have no idea. Bee and like the baby. Well, anyway, it doesn't matter. I'm sure it's all the same. I'm, I'm I, not, I don't, I don't know listen. either. I read an article I passed by. So I don't listen to Beyonce as much as you. So, yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't, I mean, I just appreciate it. You know? Well, I mean, that's, it's okay. I mean, a lot of people don't know this right. about you, but like you really love Adele and Madonna 
<laughs> I love a lot. I, I do like Madonna. I like a lot of music. Um, but we we've had our music episodes. We could go down a music hole. Um, oh, oh, if you wanted to. Speaking of music hole, uh, if you want to, uh, I am actually going to Houston, Texas here, Christopher, as we speak. Mm-hmm. And we live and breathe. Since this is actually coming out like within a day of us recording it, it is in real time. Uh, the first week of November here. Uh, after the Halloween comes, I'm going to be traveling to Houston, Texas to record a new album, actually, uh, with my drummer, Chris Jett, who also spells his name with a K. Interesting. Oh, I know. Um, fake, so, yeah. fake Chris. Fake Chris. Uh, can, can there just be other Chris? You know, can we just have two Chris? It doesn't matter. Uh, I'll be doing that. So that's going to be uh, musically delicious. And I'll be that's good and updates and stuff from recording. That'll be. Yeah. And you're going to go go back home to Houston for a little bit. Visit the motherland. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> exactly, yeah. dude. Exactly. Um, yeah. <clears throat> speaking of the motherland, dude, what have uh, what have you been up to? You've had some some interesting developments. And- I have. I I did have a, something very interesting happen to me two days ago. Yes. Uh, we've we had a lot of rain here in Connecticut over a couple of days, uh, and I was leaving my house in my my, my 2010 Ford. Uh, Ford Ranger, uh, which are not great in the rain because they're a very light truck. Um, they don't make but, uh, anymore, you know, so it's an antique that? class. They don't make those anymore. So it's like a class. Right. It's an antique. It's like a dog. I know. I know. Some, sometimes it's kind of hard to find parts and stuff. But uh, mm-hmm. but anyway, um, get on the phone like Al Bundy with that part, you know, that part thing where he's like, on yeah. the so trying to like, if you did this and this, da, da, da. yeah, yeah. yeah. kind of like that. It's classic. Yeah, it's a classic, a classic from 2010. Uh, but anyway, um, anyway, I, I was going to the store and then I realized I forgot something. So I was coming back up my driveway. Uh, now, you know this, but the listeners don't, is I have a long driveway that goes around the back of my house, which is on three acres of land. Like a you bat know? cave entrance. like in- It is. It is. It, yeah. So it really curves up uh, an incline. Like you go up a hill just for the people. Yeah. It's not like this is not like a oh you go around the back of the head. No, you like go up this fucking hill, like like a little trail. Like you could easily like just plummet to your death if you want. Right. If you again, want. like you again, it's three acres of land. So you're driving the driveway stretches across that. So it's a long driveway, almost like a, a little road that goes to the house. Uh and it ends right alongside the house by the laundry room, uh, which was an add-on to, to this old house that's a hundred years old. Uh, so I, I I backed up. I realized I forgot something. So I started I started forward again, uh, and I was in a hurry. So I was going a little faster than I should have, uh, and I hydroplaned. And I hydroplaned. No, not allegedly. That's pretty much what happened. I own up to my mistakes, and this was my mistake. Um, I hydroplaned, and as you know, as I was getting close to the house, and I hit the laundry room, the door to the, to the laundry room. Right. Oh, okay. Now, okay. Hold on. Because I saw on. the picture. You didn't hit the door. Do you? you hit no, the, I did. Well, the door was there, but the wall. Well, was that's there. no, no, I'm, I know I'm getting to that. No, it was, I, 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 I destroyed more than the door, but yeah, what yeah. I'm saying is that's what I hit is I hit the, 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 the side of the laundry room where the door is. Yeah. But so you um, locked up the brakes and just slid into yeah, well, I, I, yeah, I started like yeah. I, I hit the brakes 
but I started to slide. And so, yeah, it's just locked and I, I couldn't stop. What, what are yeah. you thinking in those moments as you're approaching the house? Like you should, you know, cause there, I know there was like a, a you know, in that moment it, it clicks, it's all happening very fast. We're like, I'm going to hit yeah. the house. What yeah, was going yeah. on in your head? What were you like? Fuck. Like, yeah, me. you know, it's almost like, you're like at first there was this denial, like, no, 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 this isn't happening. I'm going to stop short. I'm going to stop short. Uh, you know, cause I wasn't going that fast. And it just seemed ridiculous that it, that this was going to happen at all. You know, <laughs> it was just like, no, this isn't like, it was too surreal. Like, no, I'm not going to drive into my own house. That's absurd. That, that yeah. doesn't happen, but it did happen. Um, so as, as, so I start to go and like the grill, my, that little Weber grill I have is right there. Yeah. It, it, go, it goes flying, you know, it goes flying. Um, there was a little uh, fold, like an old folding table out there where I would like had, would put drinks and stuff like when I was hanging outside that that goes flying and uh yeah and so I just go it was it wasn't totally head-on um it was more kind of like the passenger side because the passenger side is closest to the 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 laundry room when you're you know pulling in so it was a little bit more that side you know but I did essentially hit it you know head on uh and and uh, and as I hit um the the door and not just the door, but the frame surrounding the door, the whole wall just pushes inward. Uh, and it causes, because again, this laundry room is, was an add-on. It's not part of the original structure of the house. And it's also very old. Um, so the, it just starts to fold in and tilt sideways and get just smashed to, to shit. Uh, but like I was saying, it's really old. Uh, so like my truck, it, it got it got fucked up, you know, like the bumper cracked and there's some deep scratches, uh, but it's yeah, and like a headlights a little bit loose, but but it's not but it's still perfectly drivable, like legally drivable. It's fine. Like that's like uh, yeah. I, I seen the and just for the people listeners at home, I've seen the pictures uh, to me. It looks like those are even like so, so lightly cosmetic damage like they, yeah they are that, cosmetic yeah. It, it's it's that's almost like you like i left the bar in a little bit of a hurry one night kind right. of damage you know what i mean like right well, but but you know that that's a perfect way to say it because that's kind of what i did here it was that kind of damage um because yeah the, the truck is a little dinged up uh but it's perfectly drivable the headlights still work the grill isn't all smashed in or anything like that uh, so it was kind of like a minor little collision but because the the add-on to the house is so old, it predates all these things that are kind of standard to construction now. So it doesn't have joist hangers. It doesn't have hurricane ties. All these things, you know, the, it predates all those things. So the fucking, it was kind of like hitting a fucking shed. You know, it was, it was like just hitting an old shed. Uh, it was like hitting, a, it was like going into a straw house, you know. Um, I don't, it wasn't so much even the, like, it, like the the impact uh you know was was not even like enough to that like if if it had you know had uh joist hangers and things like that it, it probably would have fucked up my truck more than it fucked up the house you know so it hit uh, like a good like what couple feet off about a foot yeah it, foot. It, it moved the room about a foot and the floor in the room actually separated from the house like yeah. It's separated from it. Uh, now the the whole room didn't didn't tear away from the house. Like the walls are still intact and everything, except for the wall that I hit, which I had to cover with a tarp because it totally 
got indented. Yeah. Um, so yeah, absolute fucking disaster. But you know, Bear was in the house at the time. Bear is fine. She, you know, she didn't get hurt at all. She would not have I, allowed you to, to, to. She were driving. That would have never happened. Yeah, yeah, I know. She's a much safer driver. Thing. Um, but uh, compromise that I, kitchen door right there, like coming into your house, is that compromised at all? Or the one that's to the kitchen? Yeah, like actually going in. Yeah. No, no, it's no, fine. Cool. See, that's no, what the, I was wondering too. This, yeah, this is what I'm saying with the impact. Just really those is, walls, really, right? It, it's actually just the the two well yeah i guess three walls yeah um yeah, yeah it, it is it's just that little laundry room area yeah um yeah like the bathroom is fine it's just the, built on like yeah like just for the people at home it is like hitting a shed like that was pre like, it is built onto the house that is that is sank yeah section down and all that shit and exactly extra laundry room area that's akin to like putting up like a prefab shed Kind exactly of, exactly your house so yeah it's, 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 it, it's not like it's not like you as fun as it would be for you to like you know all right i ran through the stop and go you know it's not it's not, yeah yeah it, no it's, it's not it's not uh, and you know luckily because that's what i that's the area that i hit it didn't affect any plumbing plumbing it didn't hit any like it didn't affect uh the electric in any way uh like there was just one uh, light switch that was destroyed and so like the overhead light in the room doesn't work but ev everything else in the house is absolutely fine it didn't even knock like it didn't even affect the other rooms in any way it didn't knock any pictures off the wall it's like knock things off the of shelves nothing it wasn't that bad you know but the but when you look at the laundry room it looks like godzilla fucking stepped on it like right. you see in the pictures it looks it's a fucking disaster you know <laughs> It just looks like everything's on like a like a slant, like a Batman villain layer. Yeah. yeah. The windows, that picture of the windows is hilarious because like they're, yeah. they're fucking just they can't. They're still them. yeah, because they're still uh -oh. intact. The windows are still intact, but yeah, they're like slanted at an angle, like like it's like a leaning like a leaning building. Yeah, it it, it looks so bizarre, like a fun house or something. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm yeah. glad that it was it wasn't worse and no one was hurt. But uh, yeah, that, we, like at first when it happened, yeah, we we can, you know, like that's all you can do in a situation like this. I mean, I can sit there and and be upset about it, you know, because my insurance rates are going to go up. But this is what insurance is for. Insurance should cover everything, um, and it's just uh, it's just shit happens, <laughs> you know. Uh, like you said, no one was hurt. I'm, I'm, I'm totally fine. I didn't get. That's the attitude. I'm totally fine. Like you know, I, I'm not hurt in any way. Bear wasn't hurt in any way. Uh, it was. It's just, you know, it's it's just stuff that got damaged. My truck can get fixed. The 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 room can get rebuilt. Um, my property damage covers up to fifty grand. I don't think that the the fixing of the room would exceed fifty grand. Uh, I'd be surprised if it did, given that the room is probably like nine by nine square foot, you know. How long did Bear like just like like Thera so that night just sit on the couch and look at you across the room and just shake her head? <laughs> I know, right? You would expect she seemed totally unfazed. Like she wasn't like afraid or shaking when I came into the house. She was like, I, I knew it was gonna happen one one day. Yeah, or, she's or, like <laughs> this fucking somebody, guy. If it wasn't him, it was gonna be that weirdo that yeah. over john wayne like i just right your house <laughs> right i'm here uh better you than yeah you. better you that's one of those that's like one of those times when i'm at the the party or the show and someone's so belligerently junk that they're making a scene and yeah things are regret and i'm like better you than me man mm -hmm. 
because yeah but and i mean i you know this was like 10 30 in the morning i was not stoned i was not drunk i wasn't on anything i haven't changed my medications recently i was no, completely no, was, sober no one's, <laughs> no one's saying you know no one's alleging that no i know i'm just saying like at least then i would have some kind of like reason it was i mean i do have a reason it was wet and i just slid you know um but it just it's just so stupid that it's like it makes you makes me mad at myself but you know, the, when it first happened, I was freaking out. I was freaking out. I was like, "This is it. I'm ruined. This is this is it." Um, but I'm ruined. Like, no, I mean, no. You you drive into your own home. It kind of freaks you out a little. You know. I'm sorry. I can't help but laugh. So, no, the oh. laugh, dude. Because no, I've been laughing about it too now. Like, but I'm saying, like, at first, I was really freaked out. But you know, what are you going to do? These 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 things happen. Me being stressed about it, being upset about it, isn't going to help anything. Uh, and, you know, it looks like insurance should be enough to cover it. And so, you know, it's no, it's not a terrible, terrible disaster. It's just something bizarre that happened. And, you know, but, you know, like I could even still use the laundry machines. They work fine. They oh, weren't affected. They didn't get hurt. You just have to act like you're in like Penguin's Lair from 1966. <laughs> yeah, well, I have to be careful because the floor has moved. You know, so there's big gaps. Like I can't let Bear in there. I'm worried she'll fall into like the the, the gaps. Um, you know, so I have to be careful with the floor. But yeah, the electricity and the water is fine in there, so I can still use the washer and dryer. You know, nothing of mine was destroyed except that cheap Weber grill and the folding table. Uh, like those got smashed in the, the in the impact because they were they were what got hit first. Uh, so those are gone. But otherwise, everything's fine. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Yeah, as, so as like the wall behind you just falls away. <laughs> well, I know, right? Right. Everything's fine. <laughs> like so, like suddenly from the camera, you just see me like fall and disappear. <laughs> like it's a big hole. Like threw it in the second. Uh, hold on, it goes to that fucking uh, technical difficulties, like Simpsons thing that we yeah. have with the guy that's all like cameraman's drunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it's an add-on, it doesn't really affect the structure. Like even if the laundry room suddenly collapsed, it wouldn't it wouldn't hurt the rest of the house. I don't think. Just because yeah. it's 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 so old and frail, you know, it would just fall away. If you were gonna hit your house, that was the right place to hit it. That's true. Yeah. yeah. So that or the garage. Like I was talking to garage. Um, garage. garage. Down, Mr. Frenchman. <laughs> well, I was talking to I was talking to a friend of mine who actually does construction, and he said that like that's really common for people to drive into their garage door. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, and like that there's some kind of like wench that they use to actually bend it back in place. It's kind of like they pop it forward, the door oh, itself, yeah. the, the aluminum and everything. They get very able to pop it forward. I mm -hmm. uh, can't can't do that with this. Uh, but. Uh, uh, but but it's fun that you contacted him to ask. If the, can you bring that pop thing over and pop yeah, my right. back? <laughs> I haven't had a garage door in uh, quite some time. But uh, when I did, like when I was a kid, especially like the. I remember the springs breaking sometimes, like yeah, super loud. Like you could hear it all over the house, and you're like, "What the fuck yeah. is on?" And then sometimes you don't even realize till the next day that 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 the spring was burnt. I, mean, I remember my dad's trying to go to work, like, "God damn it!" Because like, the fucking garage won't go up because the yeah, yeah. Um, up up north, it's tricky too because um, what happens is there'll be like a layer of ice that can form, mm -hmm. uh, which will which will freeze the door shut. Uh, or there could be a layer of ice that forms at the at, on the ground between the ground and the bottom of the door, and then you might pry it open. Uh, but then when you try to close it again, it can't get 
close enough to the ground for the latch to slide into or for the bar to slide into the latch and like lock it you know oh so yeah that could be a pain in the ass in the winter <clears throat> yeah dude fuck that flashback to me trying to help you fucking you know oh yeah when you helped me shovel like shovel. A, a quarter inch of fucking that was snow. a blizzard that was an it, it old was absolutely ridiculous blizzard. it was a old, old nor'easter is what they say yeah it well, absolutely i was, was slipping not. and a sliding and a bipping and a bibing and like all over yeah, it, it was just yeah, a, it was a, a it was dusting a dusting of snow dude yeah. I, got a, I got a dusting for you dude that was the 19 dickety six man that's because yeah. kaiser stole our word for 20 yeah so and you're really you're really ro- you're really rolling through the simpsons quotes today <laughs> well you know I, I i haven't seen you in a while so you know it's I gotta, true you got to get your fill yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah um, uh, no that's cool i'm glad everything's all right but that's uh yeah, I just it's definitely that. not cool. It's definitely not cool. <laughs> like, oh, it's cool. I wish you. I, okay. I know, I know. That that's what that's what I try to do in times of like crisis or when bad things happen because they happen all the time. Life is just a series of crises um, or crisis. I don't think crisis is is a word, but anyway, um, crises. Yeah. Um, but anyway, what I try to do is I try to like make a mental list of like all the things I'm grateful for, like the fact that I didn't get hurt, that Bear didn't get hurt, that the rest that, that I didn't hurt the house in a way that meant I had to move out of it, mm. you know, that or, or had to live somewhere else while it was fixed. Yeah. So there's a lot of there's a lot of things that could have been worse about it, you know. So I just try to, you know, just laugh about it now. Right. Well, we can all laugh about it. Um and mm-hmm. we can all as, as you should we can all be sure that we'll uh, most definitely be uh, a major part of uh Kazanuski's next roast so anyway um i was at scarefest this past weekend that's why mm-hmm. while you were running into your house i was uh in kentucky yes. um, oh kentucky i don't know which is worse driving into your house or having to be in kentucky <laughs> <laughs> You'd be surprised, surprised, yeah. surprised. Uh, yeah, it was um, it was a fun time. Uh, Good driving out there, like it's getting cold for me. Uh, mm-hmm. But a chilly uh, seventy-five. It's chilly. <laughs> it's been like actually here as I'm in Las Vegas right now. It's been like probably in the fifty-six. Like yeah, it, no, it, it does get cool. It, it does get cool in the desert, definitely. Yeah. It's not super cold, but it's it's cool, you know, for us. It's cool. It's pretty cool. Uh, cool. Yeah, Robert England, uh, Freddy Krueger himself was there at this Mm -hmm. one. He was a huge draw. Um, Oh, yeah. He's always absolutely the biggest draw at any convention that he goes to. Yeah. 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 Um, But you can can forget Tom Atkins, man. Like Robert England is like the king of like going to these things. Yeah. Never forget Tom Atkins. You know what I mean? Like I've seen the lines for both, and, you know and I mean Robert England is absolutely, absolutely the biggest draw at any hard no, convention. No, no, absolutely, no, he is. Like, uh, but so this is how they were doing it. Like, if you wanted to get your autograph with Robert England, you what? Did, so you had to show up. Uh, first of all, like everyone that's a VIP gets to go first anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Just there have access first because they get to go in first because you have to sign up for these like I guess queues like so he would do like fifty at a time so it'd be like group A then group B right group right D but then like even if you get assigned to this group it didn't guarantee that you were getting 
a signature or anything signed from him. Uh, yeah. Wow. So they, yeah. It was just like totally like, um, just like God, like when I was talking about the Texas Frightmare, how people were just lining up at like 4 a.m. and shit and waiting, and you know they just cut the line off, and you know you're waiting there all day, like your your whole wow. day has just been there to get Jesus. Robert to sign shit, and then you get cut off. So that's it, fucked. That's fucked up. It is fucked up. This was a little bit better than that. In in that, like you knew, I guess they made it very clear. Like especially if you were in a later group, you weren't guaranteed anything. But you're still like waiting. They call your group. You know, whatever you get in. It was 120 bucks per what per signature. Wow. But I think like a limit of four. 120 bucks. Yeah. So I know like a buddy of mine. A buddy of mine, Gator McAllister, shouts out. He was actually first because i was one of like who gets to be first in this shit he like out of like this lucked out thing got to be first on friday mm. to get like robert england stuff so we got like two things so i got like a pop that had like the shirt that i'm wearing like from like uh with freddie with the um syringe claws like that yeah. like a variant whatever yeah he got that sign and he got you know remember the short run like nightmare on elm street comics that, that yes. were out, like so he got like a friend of his bought him as a gift like the number one issue with the variant cover with the actual mm. photo image of robert england on the cover of it and he had him mm. that and that was pretty fucking awesome um, that's cool i i met i met robert england back in like i think it was 2010 no yeah yeah it was about 2010 that one yeah something like that around 2010 2011 anyway i met him back then right um so that's you know that's a decade ago and the line was long but it wasn't it wasn't an all-day thing i think we my wife and i uh, stood in line for maybe half an hour and when i got his autograph it was it was like 30 dollars. this oh, is just okay. how horror conventions have changed you know since then it's it's become big business now it's less about actually like fan interaction and more about just big business keeping the line moving and this isn't me i'm not dunking on robert england because this is just how the conventions themselves are you know like they have rules now about how the celebrities can't sign anything outside of their booth and they can't take pictures of people outside their booth and like it's it's big business now it's much different than it was you know when I first started going to them, you know, over a decade ago. Well, of course. And, and there's uh, with each, there's different variables with, with different conventions. Um, but, but still like, but, but yeah, no, but it is. With the, I'm but not, I'm not, the you. I'm just saying the price of the, um, the price of the autograph, then it quadrupled. It's four times more expensive than it was 10 years ago. That's crazy. That just shows how it's become big business, you know? Yeah. So imagine if you have 50 people in in a group that each have like four things for you to sign. Yeah. So like yeah. whatever they paid. Oh, and I also got a picture with him. I also got a picture with him and it didn't cost any extra. Oh, photo op was that he wasn't doing no pictures at the booth. So there were no selfies or anything with him. Right. That's um, what I'm talking about. It's like now it's like a photo op. So you. Yeah. Now that, that's what I was saying. That, that's at the conventions. They, you know, you're not allowed to take pictures or anything. It has to be like all regulated. So it, it, it they're, they're much, hard conventions are much more joyless than they once were. They're just, they just feel like you're in a big store. Um, 
it does it. depend on the celebrity dude because i took like with you know um uh, amanda veer said her her booth we took pictures and mike patton you know we took pictures no i no i know it it, de- it depends it, it does depend on the person and how popular they are you know if they have to keep the line moving and all that shit um but new but most conventions now they have these rules where it's like you know you have to get the picture and the and the autograph done at the specific spot that you're supposed to you know and, and all that shit yeah but, for the bigger people absolutely yeah yeah and you know it used to be like people they would take pictures with you for free they wouldn't ask for anything it was just you'd have to pay for like an autograph but not to take a picture you know it was never like that back back 10 years ago yeah i remember being shocked one time when uh, leah thompson was at a convention and greg was with me it was in north carolina and greg wanted to get autograph and she was charging like 30 bucks she was charging like 30 dollars just to get a picture with her and that was the first time i ever heard someone be like that and i was like what that's outrageous you know but now it's commonplace True. so yeah they're, they're just they're not as they're not as warm they're not as fun and they're not as friendly as they once were uh horror conventions which is unfortunate yeah yeah I but anywho know. it's it's whatever it's it's a thing it is what it is not i hate that no uh it's a horror convention i don't know they just uh, they, they feel they feel more like just a big flea market uh, now. It's just like come in here and buy your stuff. It doesn't feel like uh, it doesn't feel like a community the way something like Scares That Care does. You know, because Scares That Care was always a, uh, a charity first and just happened to become uh, conventions and cons and stuff like that. Like that that always feels like more of a family, more of a community. Whereas a lot of these other ones uh, that are more focused just on the movie stuff. They just feel like a, a big store to me. I don't find them very fun. Cool. But, um, all right. Moving right along. <laughs> uh, just saying. I don't know. Uh, just saying they've changed. They used to be much more fun. It changed, <laughs> Mo. They changed. Yeah. I mean, there's pockets of them. It's, there's. I mean, we could have like a, a whole episode we could dedicate to this topic for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um but this but we have another it. show to do. That's yeah. right, absolutely. Um, we have another show to do. But something That's cool it. I did do there. I wanted to say. Um, mm-hmm. I'm always looking for cool shit like this. Like now that I live in Vegas, there is kind of cooler shit like this available. But um, mm-hmm. in this scarefest is, is in Lexington, Kentucky, and in downtown Lexington, right down the street from the convention center, was this old school theater called the Kentucky Theater. It's a movie theater. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like all like they, you know, they keep it because it's, uh, you know, restored and all this shit. But, um, on Saturday night after the floor closed, uh, I went with, uh, myself and, uh, a couple of my, my buddies from, uh, the horror house, uh, to see house of a thousand corpses, like, uh, ah. like there at the theater, Some that's popcorn, cool. mm-hmm. a couple beers, you know, in the old school theater, it was very fun. Was- yeah. That can definitely be fun. Like, you know, watching a, a movie that you that you've seen, even if you've seen it a hundred times, if it's a movie you love, like seeing it on the big screen is really cool. When I lived in um, Boston, you know, there was a couple of theaters that did stuff like that. And I got to see, and they weren't even like just projecting like a DVD projector on the screen. Like they actually got like 35 millimeter copies of the actual film um, from collectors. Like they were on loan. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I got to see like that of Halloween and Red Dawn and like, you know, uh, once upon a time in the west like all these movies that i love i got to see like actual prints of it on the big screen it was it's a lot of fun 
yeah, it's cool when you find stuff like that. And I guess they yeah. were doing special engagements like that all, all month. I guess that's all they do. But yeah, it was very cool to like find that. Yeah, we've got a place like that here too, called the, the Strand, where they do like things like that. And they have people come out. Like they they just did a big one for Killer Clowns Outer Space, and I believe they had the, the creators of it come out. You know, they have like they do a lot of stuff with trauma, and uh, so yeah, it's cool. But I'm I'm an, an old guy, and I'm also um, a homebody, so I usually don't go. I usually just prefer to watch movies at home. Mm. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we should definitely get into our main show and. You know, uh, so since our since our topics, well, you know what? No, never mind. Never mind. I was gonna say maybe we could change something around, but we uh, we yeah, we could. I, well, I, okay. So since our book of the week also kind of leads into our topics, maybe we should do ridiculous reads first. Maybe we should. Maybe we should. I think we can. Uh, so I guess that brings us right into everybody's favorite segment. Ridiculous reads. Ridiculous reads. Ridiculous reads. Ah, that's you, baby. That's me. I am on ridiculous reads this time around. Mm -hmm. uh, and I wanted to pick something that was uh, in the spirit of Halloween, this being. Uh, this recording being just a couple of days before Halloween. Halloween weekend is what yeah. we're in right now. Really exciting. Uh, it's it's our favorite holiday. Um, uh, so I wanted to get something appropriate. So I have a little book here that I think, I hope people will enjoy. Uh, it's not totally ridiculous because it's not terribly written or anything like that. Uh, but it is just kind of funny because of what it is. Uh, this is a little book uh, that's actually written by Ray Garton. And so many people know Ray Garden as, as a, a horror author uh, in the horror community who's been around for a while. Uh, so he wrote it, uh, but it's based on a screenplay written by D.T. Twy. I don't even know how to say this name. D.T. D.T. Twy. Okay, so it's T-W-O-H-Y. How the fuck do you say that? T-W-O-H-Y? That's yeah, real. I know. That's why I think. T W O H Y, like two e. Yeah, the two he, two i. I don't know. I would say. But anyway, I maybe I would say. Like yeah. But anyway, this is this book is um is obviously a novelization, you know, because I said you know, it's based on a screenplay uh, of a film that I really liked when I when I when it came out, and I still like it today. But I loved it when it came out, and I was young at the time. Um, and that's a little. It's a little book called warlock nice yes the novelization of warlock the uh film uh from what was it 80 88 yeah in 88 89 uh but uh yeah the the film by uh uh steve minor starring julian sands laurie singer richard e grant uh and i always really like this movie are you a fan of warlock yeah i i uh how many did they end up making in that yeah, they. I think they made three. There was, I mean, there was two. Okay, okay. There was two with Julian Sands, uh -huh. uh, and then after that, they had some other guy. And I think, you, I think they only made one more, but they might have made more than that. I stopped watching once they got rid of Julian Sands. I was like, nah, he's my warlock. I don't want other ones, you know. Yeah, not without my warlock, yeah. Nah, and part two, I wasn't even that crazy about, but I had high hopes for it, and I remember this very well. Uh, the ad for it, 
uh, because in part two, he collects gems, like stones, like these magic stones. And so the ad for it, it was like Warlock 2, Warlock gets stoned. And I just thought that was great at the time, being a young stoner. You know, I was so excited. And then the movie just, to me, wasn't as good as the first one. Um, but you anyway. Should, but you should still have the poster with that tagline. I do. I do. I do. It's, it wasn't on the official poster. It was in ads. Uh, and it was it was a it was a page ad in Fangoria, and I tore it out of the magazine and I kept it. I still have it in a, in oh, a okay. photo album because oh, okay. I thought I thought it was so funny. Next yeah. time I come over, uh, I, you tell me my bedtime story out of that photo album so I can. See I will. It. I will. All right. Uh, but for now, I'm going to read to you from the novelization of Warlock, uh, a novel. The novel's written by, as I said before, Ray Garden. Um, so it's not terribly written. Ray Garten is a good writer. Uh, so that, so it's not that kind of ridiculous read, but it's just kind of ridiculous because it's a novelization and those are just kind of ridiculous. So anyway, in this scene, this is about halfway through the book. Uh, this is a scene I always liked in the movie. So I thought I would read this. Um, this is a scene where the warlock is, he's searching for the grand grimoire, which is kind of like the, the satanic Bible but like for real, not the Anton, Le Anton LaVey, you know, nonsense, but like a real book written by the devil. Uh, he's searching for that as he's going through the desert and he comes across uh, a gas station where a small child is playing. And I always liked this scene in the movie. So I figured I'd read this scene. And the chapter is chapter 11, another beautiful day in the neighborhood. By dawn, the warlock was entering the barren and, inhos in and inhospitable Mojave Desert, but he did not notice the dry, brutal terrain. He was reading. He walked at a steady pace, neither fast nor slow, ignorant of his surroundings, his attention focused solely on the pages of the Grand Grimoire. He had 222 pages, the first third of the book, wrapped in a cloth he'd taken from the girl's house, and he read the pages slowly, absorbing every word. Once the entire book was brought together, he knew what it, it could do. The power of the Grand Grimoire was legendary, said to be so great, so totally destructive, that most believed it to be no more than a myth. But the warlock knew better. It's pretty scary, right? Um, until the book... I'm coughing over here. I'm so scared. Okay. okay. Until the book was complete, until the time came for it to be used to its fullest, the warlock planned to read every page and learn from them. As the sun rose, vapors began to rise from the pavement like waking ghosts blurring the horizon, and still the warlock read, never lifting his eyes from the page. When he finally raised his head, the sun was bright, the air was growing hot, and the warlock felt <clears throat> the beginning of a thirst tickling the back of his throat. Keeping up his pace, he looked around and saw Raimi's super spot gas and garage. It was a rundown little gas station with peeling paint and one broken window that had been boarded up instead of repaired because the owner and sole operator, Sam Raimi, is the guy's name. Uh -huh. I, I get it. I, 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 yeah, I get it. And I don't believe that's in the movie. I think that was just added in the novelization by Mr. Garden. Oh, it's a deep cut. Shout it out is from the novelization. Yeah, I because I don't remember that in the movie, uh, but I I could be wrong. Um, uh, anyway, the owner uh, only did work for which he was paid, not work that cost him. Hubcaps had been strung together and hung from the sign in front of the roof of the office. When there was a breeze, they clanked together gently. 
Sam hated silence and had put up the hubcaps when his old radio finally gave up the ghost. As the warlock approached the gas station, Sam lay under a battered old station wagon jacked up just outside the garage. He bought it. <clears throat> he bought it from a friend who owned a wrecking yard in, Need in Needless. The body was shot. Half the roof was gone and all the windows were shattered. It had no bumpers. One fender was missing and the cab was a mess. Kind of sounds like my truck right now. <laughs> but Sam had paid next to nothing for it and was sure some of the parts were salvageable. Sam was a pudgy 51-year-old man with permanently tangled hair and a voice like crunching gravel. He just rolled under the car minutes ago and was surveying the damage when he heard footsteps. He turned his head and saw two black-booted feet with large brass buckles. Yo, he said abruptly. A deep voice replied, I am thirsty. Yeah, funny thing about the desert, huh? Coke machines over there by the office door. Drinking fountains broken. Sam watched the feet turn and walk toward the weather-worn red and white machine a few yards away. Coke machine, the man said curiously. Now, I'm going to pause there because I think it's worth mentioning for those who don't realize uh, that the warlock has traveled to present day, which is in this case, 1989. Uh, he has traveled a great distance. He's come from the 1600s. So he's a, an old school witch. So all of this stuff like Coke machines is new to him. At that distance, Sam could see the stranger's whole body from behind. He was tall, but dresses funny, Sam thought. Must be from L.A. The man held a cloth bundle under one arm and stood staring at the machine. He didn't fish in his pockets for change, didn't check for coins in the change slot. He just stared. Then he touched it. He stroked it almost lovingly, running his hands over it and mumbling. Uh, now, I'm, I'm, I think he means the machine and not his penis, but I could be wrong. <clears throat> I wish you were. Mm -hmm. Me I mean, too. I hope. The machine rattled and burped a can of Diet Coke into the tray. I like that. It that's burped a yeah, can. That's interesting. That's, that's, interesting. that's fucking interesting, man. That's fucking yeah, interesting. Now, now, now the new shit has come to light. <laughs> man. You know, the new shit has come to light. All right. <laughs> then another dropped and another. They began to fall from the sheen and roll over the ground. As the soda cans spilled out, the man picked one up, toyed with the top uh, toyed at the top of it a moment before getting it open, then drank. Hey, Sam called. The hell do you do to my Coke machine? He began to roll out from under the car when the man tossed him a fiery glance and waved an arm in an abrupt half circle and the jack blew out from under the car as if kicked and things got suddenly dark for Sam as the car dropped and he heard and felt his ribs crunch and splinter and no one was there to see Sam Raimi die, except the warlock. Now, all those, uh, all those, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, all that emphasis is ah. because that whole scene is filled with M dashes, as you can see. So every time I was going, and, and, it's because, like, it, he, he kind of wrote it right. that way. I see, yeah, and then you, if you're watching the YouTube feed, you can see we just watched it. And if you're not, hey. What the heck you doing? Yeah. <laughs> get on our YouTube channel, Vital Social Issues and stuff. Yeah, get on it. You can see our and ashes in the fucking camera. You can see it God all. Damn it. Sorry. Yeah, like for those of you listening, we're both showing our penises right now and you're missing it. We're not so. showing them to the camera, but we're just showing them. 
We are. We are. We're just hanging dong. There's we only have tops on every time we do this show. It's just tradition. I'm a duck in it. That's how we do it, especially when you have <laughs> No one was there to see Sam Raimi die except the warlock, who took another long drought of the strange ale called Coke and walked away from the gas station. He walked on down the long straight road that disappeared into a blur of heat vapors. He read more pages, so enthralled by the words of the grand grimoire that he did not even hear the coaches pass by, and some of them were monstrous. He did not notice the sign he passed miles later. Sandrock, population 1120. But he did, but he did notice Sandrock itself when he got to it. It was a tiny town with small buildings scattered on either side of the road and houses beyond them. There was a small church up ahead, and to the right and to his immediate right uh, was a sign that read Sandrock Mobile Home Park. Between two of the box-like houses, the warlock saw an oval-shaped object shoot up into the air, then drop back down into the hands of an eight-year-old, Kevin McDonaldson, who quickly threw the football back into the air and stepped this way and that, tracking it, then caught it again. Kevin hated Sunday mornings because all the other kids in the trailer court went to Sunday school and church, and he had no one to play with. He usually played catch with himself or hung out at the shaded picnic table in the back corner of the court. He was on his way there now as he threw the ball up and caught it again. In the pocket of his green windbreaker, he had the handheld video game he'd gotten for his eighth birthday. As he approached the picnic table, he threw the football up again, and above his head, a big hand caught it. The hand wore a ring with a tiny scorpion inside. Hi, Kevin said cautiously, stepping back to take a look at the tall, oddly dressed man. Who are you? A traveler passing through your village, the stranger said with a smile and nod, handing the football back to Kevin. Must be because nobody around here dresses like that. You from L.A.? Kevin's dad had said a lot of very iffy people lived in L.A. Kevin wasn't sure what iffy meant, but maybe this guy was it. No, and who might you be? Kevin, he held out his hand to shake like his dad had taught him. Nice to meet you. What are you doing? The stranger asked, holding Kevin's hand a little too long. I was about to play Space Invaders. Kevin took the small rectangular video game from his pocket, put it on the picnic table and turned it on. You want to play? He stared at the beeping game with puzzlement, touched it carefully, and whispered, What magic is this? It's not magic. It's space invaders, see? Kevin started playing, holding the game so the stranger could watch. Above the beeps and buzzes of the game, reverent organ music floated on the breeze. See? Kevin chirped. You got to keep the space invaders from getting all the way to the bottom, or else they'll waste you. See how I'm doing it? But the man was not watching. He'd walked to the shrubbery that grew along the back of the fence, the back of the fence. Tearing off a leaf, he broke it in half and passed it beneath his nose, sniffing. Hey, what are you doing? Kevin asked impatiently. The man was frowning at the sky. Whence comes it? He asked. Huh? The music. Oh, from the church over there. He pointed then said, you talk weird. How is it that you're not there? What, in, in church? I never go. Dad doesn't want me to. Hates all that stuff about Jesus and the 12 apostrophes. <laughs> I like that. How come you're not there? In church? 
It's Sunday. He smelled the broken leaf again, crushed it between thumb and forefinger, and took a taste. Because no witch can set foot on church ground, he said quietly as the organ music played on. Kevin put Space Invaders back on the picnic table and thought, maybe he's retarded. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, that's what it says. That's what it says. Uh. <laughs> now, at the time this book was written, that was an appropriate term. The kid isn't using it as like a as like a a, 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 a slur. He's saying it as in maybe he's mentally retarded. Yeah, because yeah. he's got his he's a doctor. The kid is a doctor as well. <laughs> this is funny though. It says maybe he's retarded. Maybe he's like that guy who cleans the vegetables over at Turner's Market, always smiling and a little slow. <laughs> Don't write us your angry letters. Write them to Ray Garten. <laughs> no, don't write Ray Garten. As I said, no, this, do this, write Ray Garden. Nah, this is a this is a different fucking different time. It was thirty years Fine. ago. Fine. I yeah, well, I have to say, is eight year olds, dude. Eight year olds, dude. Eight year olds. <laughs> You telling me you're a witch? Kevin asked. The man only smiled. You ain't no witch. Witches are girls. Some are men. Yeah, so where's your broomstick? The man frowned. Witches fly on broomsticks. Didn't you see the Wizard of Oz? I need no broom to fly. Yeah, so what do you need? Well... The man returned to the shrubbery and began gathering leaves. Some roots and leaves are needed for the potion. These will do, I suspect. He put a bundle of leaves on the picnic table. Okay, what else? He stared down at Kevin, smiling, working his jaw back and forth thoughtfully. There is one ingredient more important than the rest, he said, hunkering down in front of the boy. It is something difficult to obtain, yet... "'Tis the most potent ingredient. "'Yeah, so what?' Kemble, "'Kevin stumbled on his words when, a, "'when the man began to stroke his blonde hair, "'brushing bangs from his eyes. "'What is it?' "'The man's hand stroked Kevin's cheek "'as it worked its way down. "'Tis something,' he stroked his neck, "'you can give me.' <laughs> <laughs> Direct all letters to Ray Garden. <laughs> right. <laughs> Kevin tried to back up and run, but the man's fingers plunged into his throat, tearing through the skin before he could scream. And the organ music played on, and the congregation began to sing, There's Power in the Blood, their voices a distant drone. And when the warlock had what he wanted wrapped in a soggy, torn section of the boy's green jacket, he walked on, leaving the small, dark red heap named Kevin to the flies, leaving the trailer court behind, passing the church where the preacher's voice rose and fell in a heavenly furor. The warlock whistled contently as he passed through the, the little town ahead. And after a while, when Sandrock was behind him, he heard a scream rise toward the still blue sky when Vicki Donaldson found her son Kevin lying bloody and skinless in the back of the court. And that is a scene from Warlock. You know, the hardest thing about that whole section, the hardest thing to believe for me. Tell me, tell me. 
is that that kid really wants to go to church. Who the fuck? What eight-year-old kid is outside? He has a video game uh, in one hand. I don't think it said that. He, he's like, oh, I wish I could go to church with everybody else. He's out there. He's got a video uh, game. He's got a fucking football. I think I think he's like, oh, no, they won't let me go. My dad doesn't want me to. So I have to play. I don't think he wants to go to church. I think I read it more that he is mad that church is happening at all because all his friends are there. And he, yeah, and he can't go to be with his friends, and he wants to. I didn't, I didn't get that from it, but I, I, I see what you're saying. And that's the see, and that's why it's art, people. The power yes. of subjectiveness to have. So in the movie, and have a way to look at it. In the movie, does he like he jerks the kid off right at the end of that scene? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's what he really wants. He wants to gather the kid's sperm, like his 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 virgin sperm uh no 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 what it is is uh it's it's human fat uh so he takes human fat from the kid but ooh, excuse me i burped there uh but in the book here it says that uh the, the body's found skinless so maybe it was originally supposed to be the skin in the screenplay or maybe uh mr garton just changed it uh but it works either way and it's kind of cool and the scene is is creepy even in the book because it seems almost like pedophilia is about to happen or something but now it's it's something much more uh much more uh hilarious i guess <laughs> okay, i don't know i don't know what um moving probably right. not the right word probably not the right word but we already said retarded on the show so we're already in trouble see exactly <laughs> that's why you wanted to go to church anyway yes uh, now we're in a lot of trouble but um okay did, 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 did you enjoy the read I did enjoy the read. Uh, it makes me kind of want to now go back and revisit Warlock. Uh, yeah, a little bit. So um, it's a fun movie. I always liked it yeah. because it is the spooky season. And I'm, I mean, I all, I mean, you. I don't want to speak for you, but if I had to, I would say I, I know you and I like to watch just crazy, mostly dark, spooky shit any time. Yeah, yeah, all year yeah. long. Yeah, all year long. Yeah. Uh, I know I do. When I'm at, with you, you do. You have quite a collection. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, especially just now, it seems like uh, I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'm watching just like all kinds. Of oh, things. yeah. Every every October, it's like you, you want to squeeze in. Oh, you want to yeah. squeeze in even more horror stuff. Uh, speaking of The Simpsons, uh, their most recent episode wasn't I don't think it was exactly it wasn't a treehouse of horror, but it was it was like a additional horror themed episode. The most recent one, it like. Was uh, it, it was called right? it, it was called not it not yeah, it. yeah. Okay. and and they just they just like usually in a treehouse of horror they'll do three separate stories but this was just they just did a parody of it for the entire episode uh where of course crusty is pennywise uh yeah. and it was actually it was pretty funny it was pretty funny because they were just they, they made a lot of jokes about stephen king uh and like his whole discovery uh, uh or not this whole bibliography of work Oh, um, yeah. start pulling out all the books at the end because I was the, the lovely Scarlet and I did watch that as well. Okay, so yeah, yeah. Out the Tommy Knockers. Tommy, yeah. <laughs> what about next time? It's yeah. yeah. So very fun if you haven't watched it. Uh, yeah, it was fun. It was fun. Fun, especially for this this Halloween season. Uh, yeah, but but also maybe I'll revisit Warlock later because I was uh that re read uh reinvigorated my you know interest. Oh yeah, I, I no I, I definitely think it's the type. It's definitely the type of movie that you would like. I mean, because it involves like, you know, the, the witchcraft and Satan and all that kind of stuff. So and it's just it's it's a decent like, you know, little you know horror throwback. You know, it's it's not an amazing movie. Actually, my favorite thing about the movie is um, 
uh, Richard E. Grant's character, his name is uh, uh, not Renfield, but it's like Renum or something like that. But he's a witch hunter and he's also from the 1600s and he's fucking hilarious in the movie because he, he like, you know, he, he just does crazy shit. He's like chewing on a whip. And they're like, I need to salt the leather in order to kill the evil one. Like, he's just so over the top. He like he tries to go like board a plane with a fucking weather vane because he needs like the metal to impale the warlock. And they're like, sir, you can't bring a weather vane on the fucking plane. And then he's just like, I'm trying to fight Satan. You know, it's, it's just it's fun. It's just a fun movie. So, yeah, definitely revisit it. In fact, I might revisit it myself uh, tonight because I, I do have it. I do have it, of course. And I haven't watched it in a while. Uh, but yeah, I loved that movie, dude. When when it came out, it was like, it was like my favorite movie of the year. I, I was obsessed with it when it came out. That's when I was, yeah, I was like twelve when I was first really, first really getting into like horror. I mean, I already was. I was already into like monsters, like Wolfman and all that kind of stuff. But like, I was, I was finally old enough to like watch modern horror films, and so I was really starting to get into it. And Warlock was one that I actually got to see in the theater, so it was pretty cool. Very cool. Yeah, we'll both watch that then and talk about it. Okay, so now that we got that uh, Halloween read uh, Mm -hmm. done, it's time to get into other Halloween books, Mm -hmm. which brings us to another one of our segments. And that segment is Book of the Week. (laughs) Book. Book. Of the week, folks. Book of the week. week. It's a very special book of the week because we are going to give you a Halloween special, folks. Mm. Two for one, two books of the week this week. Two, like those like conjoined twins that are like all spooky, spooky time. Yeah. You know, but like the except for these twins, they aren't really conjoined or adjoined. I got into like an uh, like a discussion with Scarlett because she was saying we we were going to get conjoined rooms with somebody and I was like it's adjoined rooms no it's conjoined mm-hmm. and she looked it up and uh, of course I was right so there we go of course yeah, yeah. <clears throat> very good uh, thank you all right so we've got two books that are adjoined and conjoined yeah uh, but they're not really uh, no. I mean they are in the sense that uh, they're written by two awesome dudes it's true. Um, but the books are unrelated. You can read one without reading the other, or you can read, or you should read them both. But you can read them in any order because the stories are unrelated. Yeah, um, read none of them. Or, the <laughs> no, you should. You should definitely read them both. It's definitely, uh, yeah. If you want to be these, the, the this this is a special book of the week because John Wayne has a brand new book out, and so do I. So we're going to talk about our new books and shamelessly promote ourselves. Yeah. That's right. But it, it goes beyond that because we're going to discuss other things surrounding these books as well. We will. We will. Uh, so do you want to start with your book? Uh, if you'd like me to. Um, yeah. Or or I could start, you know, and just like talk about the book. Read, you know, read us the back. Tell us what it's about. Why don't you why don't you just go first? OK, uh, I'll go first. You're, you're a better go first. Or, uh... I'm a better go first or on book of the week. Yeah. <laughs> I just like go firster. I like being called that. I'm a go firster. Uh, Better than a go firster, or is it? I don't know. I don't know. All right. So my book. This is my brand new novel. Uh, it's available now. 
-hmm. You can get it in paperback, you can get it in ebook, and it's even available in audiobook already. So you can get it in any form you want. Uh, you can also order a special edition hardback directly through my website, trianahorror.com. Mm -hmm. uh, so you can get that there as well, or you can get a signed paperback from me too. Uh, anyway, this book, it's called X Boogeyman, and I'm holding it up to the camera now. Very cool. Who, who's yep. this cover? If you're so uh, the artwork is by our our friend uh, Barry McLean, who was on the show once. Awesome, um, out Barry. Yeah, I love Barry. Barry. Dude, Barry's my man, dude. What's he up to? Uh, well, right now he's working on another cover for me. Um, but yeah, no, he's doing well. But yeah, he did the cover art for this, and there's actually a little bit of artwork on the back that he did as well that I'm holding hey, up to the camera. If you haven't checked out, yeah, if you're looking on the if you're on the YouTube channel, we're showing the art. Uh, and if you don't know Barry McLean, please check him out. He was a cool ass guest, and, and he's a great artist. So yeah, he's a very I'm fantastic artist. Work um, work on some more of your stuff. So cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the book is called X Boogeyman. Uh, that's kind of like ex boyfriend, ex wife. You know, it's ex slash boogeyman. Uh, and the tagline is: He's not Freddy. He's not Jason. He's all washed up. Uh, and it's because this is about a actor who uh, used to be a very, you know, a very famous slasher in the 1980s. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and read the back of the book uh, to give you all a little bit more information. As Nikki Hector, the unstoppable slasher from the lunatic horror movie franchise, Jonathan Zane reached levels of fame once unimaginable to a young actor. On top of headlining 15 films, he appeared on MTV, had his own 976 number, and became one of the most recognizable faces of the late 1980s. But that was 30 years ago. Now it's 2010, and Zane is a has-been celebrity making his living signing autographs at fan conventions, a relic of the bygone slasher movie boom. He's broke, separated, separated from his wife and children, lives in a crummy apartment, and hasn't landed a role in years. When he learns the studio is remaking Lunatic, he thinks it's his chance for a comeback. But Red Max Studios isn't interested in resurrecting Zane's fame. They want the reboot to have a new face, to escape the campiness that plagued the latter films in the Lunatic series. For the studio, this is a brand new start. For Jonathan Zane, it's the last straw. Discovering the remake is being filmed at the same rafting center as the original, and his former Final Girl co-star Lola Lang is involved, Zane begins a descent into insanity. He slips into his old costume, sharpens his meat cleaver, and brings the Nicky Hector character back from the dead for one last bloodbath. And I have a little blurb here. Christopher Triana's latest is a chillingly convincing portrait of an aged horror icon driven to the brink of madness as he fights tooth and nail against an inexorable slide into irrelevance. Loaded with fun references to the glory days of the slasher genre, X Boogeyman is a bloody and thrilling feast for horror fans. And that's from Brian Smith, author of Merciless and Depra the Depraved. Or, I'm sorry, Depraved. Yeah. I'm stumbling with my words already, drinking a sip of pumpkin. Brian Smith rules. Right. Well, he does. He does rule. Awesome. And you, um, you had also something very cool set up, uh, like a, a very cool promotional i guess thing you you have like the, yes that, so is that, uh, that's still working right now or it is it is um let me pull that up as well i should have okay. been ready I, with I, that. I didn't mean to put you on the spot <laughs> I, I no 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 um, I, I should have i should have been ready with it because i was intending to talk about this um so yeah as i was saying um 
the, uh, the, the, you know, the story is about this guy. He was kind of like a Robert England who we mentioned earlier in that, like he was so popular uh, as Freddy Krueger and it was like his whole thing. And that's kind of how this guy was, this actor, Jonathan Zane, or as his friends call him, John Zane, uh, if you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> yep, yep. I did a little, I did a little thing there. Uh, it's... Yep. No, he's not based on you. I just thought it'd be fun to do a little nod. Uh, but there's also another character in the in the in the book called uh, Dudder, and uh, I hope you don't take offense because he is a guy with a sleeveless corn T-shirt, <laughs> and not he is kind of, cool and he well no he's he's not cool. He's kind of a douche that guy. But but neither character is based on you. It was just little things I threw in there for fun because I love you. Um, anyway, so this this. You know, back in the old days, uh, the, you know, there were these 976 numbers, these 800 numbers that you would call. Uh, and uh, and you could like, you know, hear recordings like that, like the Muppets had one where you would call and like Kermit would say hi to you and you can be told a story. But Freddy Krueger also had one where you would call and Freddy would introduce a story. So like it would be Robert England as Freddy being like, hey, kids, you've just called the Freddy hotline. But then it would be the story wouldn't be told by him. It would just be some scary story that someone else read. So what we decided to do, myself and, and Chuck Brugge, who uh, does the narration uh, for the audiobook, is we decided to make a hotline uh, for Nikki Hector as if, you know, like as if it was one. And what you get is you get the opening paragraph i mean not the opening paragraph the opening chapter of the book uh so you get like three minutes of the audiobook but it's introduced by nikki uh chuck does the nikki voice and it's introduced by him so you can call the nikki hotline it's totally free totally free hotline called 971-236-1759 that's 971-236-1759 uh, and you can get a, a clip uh, from Nikki Hector. Uh, also, at the top of the show, uh, we're going to put uh, the uh, radio spot uh, because we made a radio spot for the for the movie within the book. The movie series within the book is called Lunatic, uh, and they they made like fifteen of them. And this this guy Jonathan Zane starred as the the main slasher Nikki Hector in all of them. Uh, and so there used to be in the old days. Yeah, you know, in like the 80s and stuff in 70s and 80s, there were there were radio spots. You'd hear it on the radio, commercials for movies. And it was usually just a narrator just saying stuff about it and just like rattling off blurbs from the New York Times and stuff. And so we made one. We made one and it's and it's fun. And uh we put that at the beginning of the show. That's awesome. Oh. Yeah, I love stuff like that. Um, so yeah this is this book is my tribute to the slasher genre uh like as brian said in his blurb uh, i you know there's a lot of references there's a lot of information about that era and about a lot of the movies that were made at the time and it's really just my loving tribute to slasher movies and also uh my fuck you to remakes of those movies that i love uh so it's kind of like a little bit of both you know so it's basically imagine if robert england snapped when he found out the, about the nightmare on elm street movie and decided to kill everyone and that's kind of what this everyone involved in the remake and that's kind of what this book is about i kind of wish that would have happened honestly yeah that would have been great right that would have been pretty cool way better um that's cool you know i back in those days called the um called the sergeant slaughter hotline uh oh he had one did he yeah and he also because um I I was into GI Joe and mm -hmm. Sergeant yeah. Slaughter who was a wrestler. He was like also then be crossed over to become a GI Joe character. And for yes, he time, did. I, yeah, 
you couldn't you could only get like a sergeant slaughter through like or like you know collecting yeah that. you had to special uh, order it yeah yeah so i, I remember did, i did that and then there was like a number you could call and you'd be like you've reached the sergeant slaughter hotline you've got it thanks for calling you know and you just, yeah, yeah. it's a pre-recorded thing but you get all like yeah. hyped up as a kid and you're like fuck yeah i did it oh yeah totally yeah so um yeah very cool stuff i like i like that uh and we'll put the um in the show notes we will have the number uh listed as well but what is it one more time Okay. Oh, 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 okay. That's okay. Right there to say. I, no, I do. I do. It's on my phone. Uh, the number is 971 236 1759. So you can hear it there. Cool. And everyone, and, and like, and people can get that from trianahorror.com, the book, right? Yes, yeah, so you can get it from you can get the book from trianahorror.com in, in hardback and paperback signed by me, but you can also get it anywhere books and sold are sold. So if you go on Amazon or Barnes and Noble, it's available there. Audiobook, ebook, the, the whole shebang. Um, I will also say this, I just need to pull it up here. Um, you can go onto uh, YouTube uh, and there's a ch- YouTube channel called Don't Fall Asleep. And that's uh, Chuck Broody's channel where he does different readings. Uh, so you can go right now and you can listen to two free chapters of my new novel, Ex Boogeyman on Don't Fall Asleep. Uh, so just go to YouTube and uh, you know look for that page, uh, or you can also jump on my um, my Facebook and there's links to it as well. Uh, right now we're running a special where uh, everyone who comments on the YouTube videos will be entered to win a copy of the Body Art Coloring Book. My book uh, Body Art was made into a coloring book, which is out of print because it was banned from Amazon for being too graphic. Uh, so this is your chance to get one of those rare ones. All you have to do is go to the YouTube and leave comments. Do it. I wish you could do it. Do it. Um, so that's my book. And uh, unfortunately, I noticed that typo on the, the back of the paperback, so that'll have to be fixed. Uh, but that's what happens when you publish your own stuff. But we'll be talking about that in just a little bit. Let's get to your book, my friend. What is your book? My book, Book of the Week, uh, that my latest book just came out. Here it is called Deadline. And I'm holding it up for the uh, camera right mm-hmm. now. Um, there you go. No, no, no. And I did this art. Um, if in case you didn't know, like I think. Yeah, I can. I I could tell from the it, style. It, I know your style. Stylistically, looks like a John Wayne uh, thing. That doesn't mean it's shitty. It means it's awesome. Um, no, it just fits. It just you could tell your artwork. You recognize it. You know, just like I could recognize Barry's artwork or Nick justice's artwork you know very so cool um so this is my latest deadline just came out um well this is this is this record is coming out as it as it happened so like two weeks ago i think um mm-hmm. and so here is the the back I'll, I'll i'll read the back uh cody burns is a voice actor who lucked into his dream gig he works from home sets his own schedule and parties every night like the ship is going down so what if he's a little late turning in his work to his agent every once in a while He's got the golden pipes and is in demand. When a competing agent contacts him out of the blue with a once in a lifetime offer and the answer to getting out from under the thumb of his current representation, Cody is more than intrigued. The mysterious agent takes care of his every whim, keeping Cody happy, on task and working hard. The only caveat being he cannot miss a deadline without having certain and specific penalties levied against him. It all seems well and good until he discovers the job is filled with mounting degrees of difficulty that challenge his talent, sanity, 
and the time constraints he's given. Following threats, vandalism, and the death of an actress whose story strangely mirrors his, he realizes working this, with this new agent is not what he expected, especially when missing the next deadline could be the end of the line for him. Very cool. Thanks. So, yeah. So this book is, um, you know, it's about a guy. So he's a voice actor and he just like he's like kind of like da da da, just traipsing through life, trying to do his thing. He gets this weird offer from another agency to represent him. But as he takes this job, all of the he, he, he as he's doing the, the narration for this book uh, from this mysterious author who he's not giving the identity of. Um, that he gets locked into more and more and more as it goes along uh, with each chapter he's given because that's all he's given at a time. And uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. I think it's uh, I'm pretty, I'm very, I'm very proud of it. I'm happy about it. It, it is really, I think it's really good about uh, creating dread in the mm-hmm. reader because it, um, I don't know. It it really like uh, everything just seems to really come down on him, just one after and like there's no avoiding what he's kind of yeah. gotten himself into. Um, but uh, yeah, so it just kind of just kind of snowballs. <clears throat> it snowballs very quickly yeah. on, onto him, um, and and it, it's kind of just like a the hits keep coming uh, story. One you know just but it, it's just. Uh, yeah, everything just kind of gets closed off, and I, I um I had a I had a really good time writing it, and uh, it came out rather quickly, and yeah, we'll talk about like all of that stuff uh, with the rest of this segment, but um, yeah, so I also did a video for it for my I didn't do a like you had the the um the voice the you guys had the right. all in thing I I have a trailer for it which uh i sense you watched it right yeah yeah of you screaming and screaming and bloody in a parking lot yeah (laughs) yeah that's my front yard actually okay yeah i wasn't sure what it was but yeah yeah yeah, it was a fun video it was very uh feral yeah uh but you think it was cool though Mm -hmm. yeah i'm all bloody uh i've got the knife you got the knife in your hand and you're screaming yeah that was fun I i recorded all of that music that's all me playing the music and all the screaming um and scarlet filmed it uh, but i directed all of those shots and that's like a return to form a little bit for me in that like my you know first books like i had these intense trailers that i had filmed for all of them um you know kind of like with that professional feel and all, all that right stuff. right like yeah i remember when you did stuff for cadillac man as well you did some yeah. like music recordings and stuff right yeah, but that wasn't like even that was kind of like a quickie thing. Like back, right. uh, like I have like one that my my buddy uh, Austin, who you know has passed passed away recently. Like we did one for Charge Land together, that was awesome. And then of course Nick P shouts out. We did uh, one for Porn Star Retirement Plan and for Ant Poster, and uh, Nick's done a bunch of crazy stupid videos for me. But um, that that used to be like uh, something I was like, oh, I'll always do a video with every book I put out. But then like you get so busy and like everything is just boom, 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 happening, happening, happening. Uh, you don't have time. But this one, I was like, no, I'm taking my time with this. And I had this like kind of vision, uh, how I saw everything in my head. And then it all like if you watch that video, which I very much encourage everyone to please do, which is on all my social media, 
just at John Wayne is dead or go to my Facebook, John Wayne, uh, coming Ali. Um, it is like everything kind of that's going on in that book encapsulated in that like 42 second video, just in that, uh, the anxiety that it builds mm -hmm. throughout the entire thing. Um, yeah. And I got to put blood on me and I had that that's always fun microphone and that knife and shit. So yeah, this is very fun. And no, it's definitely a fun video. Yeah. Everyone should check it out. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so yeah, it's, uh, so your books, but the books available now. Yeah, it is available now. Um, yep. everywhere you get books from, like you said, but it is, uh, if you go to John you can get the, um, you know, signed copies. Nice. Uh, I did a, I did have a pre-order that's at the time of recording is already, you know, sold out actually on, it has already been sent out. Um, by the time of this record and the pre-orders are numbered and signed and shit but like i also like the the cover page is stamped with the silver john wayne is dead stamp uh why, where they're numbered and then do check this out like they come like I also like i got these like stickers made of the cover art Ooh, they're shiny yeah they're like a holographic thing of the cover art. yeah and then I got these charms of a bloody knife. Because if you're if you're just listening to this, like the cover of this book has this bloody knife on it. It's bloody knives all the way through. Mm -hmm. So I got these charms that you can put, like something you put on like your keychain, okay, chain, or like your fucking backpack zip or whatever. It's just like, but it's a bloody butcher knife. It looks just like this. But look, they come in if you order the pre-order. They come in this skull that I'm holding. Oh, that's cool. Like, look, dude, it like. Oh yeah, it's it's almost like those like little plastic yeah, like an Easter like an egg egg right? Yeah, like an Easter like a, or like one of those little plastic container when you get a toy out of like one of those quarter machines. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like one of those little plastic containers, but it's a skull. That's it's fun. Skull. Yeah. And this glows in the dark too. Oh shit! That's all kinds of cool. Yeah. So like that, like <clears throat> yeah, so pre-order pack, which well, those all went out like the day of this record. Uh, they all came with all of those those fun things. So okay very cool yeah all right Please folks check so we... out check all, both of our books out god damn it yeah check them both out x boogeyman and deadline available now but we're not done talking about them or at least not no not I'll not not completely them. because that that brings us into um into our topic and our topic this week is one two three four <laughs> self-publishing yeah so halloween this is halloween self-publishing <laughs> the best kind the best kind uh no because this this is something interesting we thought we Before. would tie it into yeah we thought we would tie it in not to you know the book of the week because we of course always want to promote our books but also this is a, it's interesting because this is the 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 first time that either of us has done self-publishing that's true for yeah yeah um this is my first self-published book and, and so is yours uh, with deadline uh i i just want to start with saying the, the reason i decided to self-publish this one is it was originally published as part of the verses line with, from thunderstorm books thunderstorm books does these verses books like jeff strand had clowns versus spiders and all of that uh so under under that label x boogeyman was called slasher versus the remake uh, so that was the title for it then, but its initial title was going always going to be X Boogeyman. Uh, so the Thunderstorm one was a limited run. Uh, it sold out like you know within like twelve hours. So 
once that was all done, the rights go right back to me. And I was like, fuck it. It's already edited. It's already got cover art that Paul at Thunderstorm was very kind in letting me reuse. Uh, and Barry was, was kind in letting me reuse as well. Uh, and so I put it up myself and uh, our mutual friend, Carrie, Stevie Hunt, you know, she helped me uh, design the cover and, and my buddy, Aaron Beauregard helped me self-publish for the first time. He was a huge help. Uh, so this was put out under uh, a little publishing company that uh, myself and uh, Aaron and uh, Daniel J. Volpe started together called Bad Dream Books. And this is what we're putting out our obituary series through. If you guys, if you listeners aren't familiar, those are limited signed books that uh, us three, we three authors have been doing. Um, so yeah, this was, this was a fun uh, little adventure. Um, and I'm, I'm curious to see, you know, the, the benefits of self-publishing. Uh, you know, there's certainly benefits to doing both. You know, there's good things about self-publishing and then there's good things about working with publishers. So we thought we would share our experiences on this show. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Deadline is um, out under uh, uh, my first like uh, foray into self-publishing uh, my writing, but like a lot of things that I, I can relate my uh, journey of or my career path of writers like it mirrors like it's or it's very easy for me to relate to playing in a band for so many years right and putting things out um but this like uh yeah i put this out um under um a little press i call <laughs> awesome dude for life press if you right. believe it <laughs> ad for l press i like to keep it pretty on the nose you know what i mean mm -hmm. no so awesome dude for life press because you know that's that's that, part of your brand that's yeah. my thing um yeah. i love it but you know when it comes to putting things out like you know all with all the bands that i've played in i've put music out independently that in that like we've just like recorded it ourselves and put it out ourselves because there's mm -hmm. outlets to do that um, right. also recorded and put things out through uh, you know independent labels as well so i've gone that route um and then since like, you know, now, like with writing, everything I've done has just been through publishers, you know, right, like right. As, as if I were just putting out things through my label, like uh, mm -hmm. re recording wise. Um, but for me, like, so we've talked about, I, I know we've talked about this maybe on like a very early ass episode, dude, like one of our early drunken, like swaggered episodes, we were talking about. <laughs> you know, we got into writing and I think we were talking about like, you know, putting things on the shelf and like how things come out, like blah, blah, blah. We were talking about that kind of thing. And we talked about self-publishing a little bit and our, our, our thoughts on it. And I, I, I know mine have always been like, you know, uh, like Brian Keene, like I was in like this fucking workshop that he was speaking at with a couple other you know uh horror uh, bigger horror authors and somebody asked about that and he gave some really great advice i think where he was like there's self-publishing is great there's nothing wrong with that you just have to adjust your expectations as to what you want if mm -hmm. you if you have like a good following built up you put some things out there people are reading your stuff and you want to put that out there by yourself and see what you can do then you know that's going to yield xyz result if exactly you never put anything out before ever and you just want to self-publish your first thing and put that out there that is also going to yield a result 
that it'll be much different. May not be what <laughs> you expect it to be. Right. So right. adjust your expectations when it comes to that. And I thought that was right. really great advice. Um, yeah, no, just, it is. Or, or, it or, is. Or, or even like a great statement or good perspective or whatever. It's like it was like the truth. Like so oh, it's, it's that was very true. Back, 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 back in the day. So like, you know, now I've done all this and um yeah, this just came at a time when I was just like uh I I needed to put I was like, I gotta you you know me, like I travel all the time. I'm always doing this shit. Um for us in uh, indie artists on all accounts on all fronts like you have to you want to be you have to be producing you have to be putting things out there you have to be you know you're building this fan base so at least like once a year you want to put something out at the very least you know you want to continue to keep people's attention you have to yeah you're building this thing so you have like, you know, you you kind of get like your schedule set and like you're looking ahead at things. And I was like, I was expecting like if you listen to my other podcast, John Wayne Lied to You, I've talked about this on that. Like I was expecting like um, my Splatter Western through Death Said Press was going to come out like August, September, like whatever. And that would be be able like that was going to be like this year's thing so that i would get those and then be able to like move forward and then blah 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 like whatever my schedule you know what i mean um so death said press has got like restructuring going on so that got moved like to to next year at some point so i'm like well fuck dude i i still need something like and i have other things coming out i have something coming out in january like i have i have things happening i have this the record blah 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 but i was like man i gotta you know people are coming up to my booth and they're like i already have everything that you have like yeah that's not good yeah so i'm like well i have to have my new shit um so i've been writing this like but deadline was something that came out it was one of those i don't know man it just i wrote it like in like five weeks it just like came out of me Mm-hmm. and yeah. you know i went through it had it edited had it beta i beta read dude, I, don't, I never have people beta read my shit mm-hmm. i'm just like whatever dude fuck it it's being published i don't give a fuck well i think nope. i think when you're self-publishing that's something you need to pay more attention to um because you know it's it's you know because of like amazon and barnes and noble now it's it's very easy for people to self-publish and there's and again like you said there's no shame in doing it in 2022 there's no shame in self-publishing at all but there is shame in doing it poorly and i think you know there's a lot of you know amateurs out there that do put their books out without hiring editors or getting you know or, or getting um getting them formatted properly and not getting good cover art like there's all these things these mistakes that a lot of people make um so yeah, so there there are definitely benefits to the self-publishing, but there's also stuff that you lose. Like when you work with a traditional publisher, you're already getting a beta reader. You're getting the editor, you know, and then like the editor beta reads it. The editor goes through and, and highlights all the things that need that all the typos and everything the, the publisher also will get, will pay for the cover art and find cover artists and, and do all of that stuff, format the book. But when you self-publish, it's all on you to do it. So mm-hmm. I think it's it's worth investing in getting in 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 putting money into the book if you want it to be a professional book. Pay a cover artist, pay a designer, get someone to to, to format it properly. Uh, if you're able to learn it all yourself, great. But make sure that you're doing it right. 
No, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And and uh I forgot where we were going with this, dude. Uh oh, well, I, we were just talking about self-publishing in, in general. Um I could list off a couple of things that I wanted to bring up uh about self-publishing. Okay. A, a quick a quick list of some of the benefits. Uh first of all, you have total control. So that's nice. You know, you get to decide what the cover is going to look like. You get to decide the content. You could put whatever the fuck you want in the book, you know, uh, potentially you could get banned from Amazon if you're putting something that they consider too graphic or too, uh, you know, uh, to, or too offensive or something like that. You know, obviously if you're self-publishing a story that like is filled with pedophilia or something, you're going to get that shit pulled, you know, um, don't make that face. I mean, I'm not saying that I do that. I'm just no, giving I'm you an example. <laughs> I'm just giving you an example, you know, like Amazon, if they find out that your book contains some kind of, you know, content like that, like if it's hate speech or something like that, you know, that's a different situation. Um, but you have total control for the most part. You can put out whatever you want. That's one of the reasons that Aaron and Daniel and I, when we did the obituaries, we decided to, to publish it ourselves because we were like, we want this to be um, no holds barred. We want this to be no no censorship, no rules. This is horror without boundaries, as Aaron likes to say. So when we did the obituaries, we did it ourselves because we could have as shocking of, of a cover as we wanted. And, you know, the cover to the first one is really graphic. It looks like an old Cannibal Corpse album cover. Great artwork by uh, artist Nick Justice from Blue Juice Comics. Uh, you know, so that's one of the benefits of self-publishing is that you have total control, which is nice. Um, you also get to keep all of the money your book earns. Uh, so you're not splitting it 50, 50, or, or maybe even less than that with some publishers, you're not splitting, uh, splitting that cost. Um, you can also self publish a book on the market quickly. Like you were saying where you banged out deadline in five weeks and you were able to, you know, self publish it relatively quickly rather than having to deal with delays with publishers. If like they have some issues or anything like that, like you were saying with Death's head press. Well, that wasn't like I also wanted like that wasn't the intention to be like I need to bang this out so that I can put something out. This no, but it just happened quickly. Out so fast, I was like, well, I can put this out by myself. You know, right, right. But that, but that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that you rushed to write the thing. I'm just saying that you were able to publish it faster than you would have been if it would have gone through somebody, a publisher. Yeah, because I, yeah, because I was, I wanted to have something that came out like in the the 2022 year. Right. That's that's what I was saying. You yeah. Know? No, um, you're right. Yeah. Uh, now, I, I don't plan to exclusively self-publish going forward. I'm still working with publishers. No, uh, n- I have projects coming out that are being published. That's either thing yeah. that coming out yeah. here, you know, other. Right. Things. So it's right. Like, but there's but I think like going back and forth is a good thing because. you. Can yeah. Yeah. Because for your and, readers, you know, you're able to be like, you know what? Here's this like you already. Yeah. Have you can drop things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for me, um, for me, I really like corn. No, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I, but uh, yeah, uh, not that corn. Uh, oh, but uh, oh, you're but, talking, uh, you talking about that kid that loves corn? Yeah, yeah. Because he, he that's what he says. Dollar. For me, I really, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I, is that where we're at? Low hanging fruit. The, the no, meat? it's just I, I, I said, oh, oh, you're gonna accuse me of low hanging fruit. Mr. My wife, the fucking boring line that has been I said that, into the dude. fucking ground. Yeah, time. thankfully you haven't because you don't have a wife anymore, so you don't have as many opportunities. I, uh, for the listener, anyway. stop, stop. If I would actually point out to the listener, if you want to go back to like the 27 minute mark, Chris says 
my wife and I, and I did not say my wife at all. That's true. My That's wife true. at the time. And I didn't That's say true. it. I appreciate so, that. Anyway. Oh. Anyway, to get back to the point is oh. you can you can do both. You can self-publish oh, and you can <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Anyway, to get back to the point, um, yeah, I'm still working with conventional publishers. I have a book, I have two books coming out in 2023. One's with Grindhouse Press, and one I'm really excited about is with um Cemetery Dance. So I have a book coming out with Cemetery Dance next year. Uh, and there are benefits to publishing through a publisher because they do a lot of that work. Uh, you know, like formatting a book, getting a cover artist, like they cover a lot of expenses and they do a lot of work and they also have an audience of their own. You know, Cemetery Dance has an, obviously has a big following. Uh, so they there are people that will buy books just because the, that publisher puts it out. People that have never heard of me, you know. So there are benefits to working with the publisher, but there's also benefits to self-publishing as well, as we've just mentioned. Right. And, and one of the like one of the things of working with a publisher is build helping build your audience um uh, mm -hmm. so it's mm -hmm. all about what what is your expectation if you just want right. to put something out there then you can do that you can but, but don't rush it and don't be sloppy exactly don't be sloppy don't put out a book that's filled with typos don't put out a book that has a shit cover uh, that doesn't have anything written on the spine like i see this i see this a lot with people um, and, you know, and I'm not trying to, you know, dunk on anybody like who's just starting out who may not know better, but if, but if your book looks like shit, people are going to assume that the story is shit. You know, if, if you open it up and like the margins are all off and the text is too big and it's full of fucking typos, people are going to assume it's a shitty book and maybe it's not, maybe your story is good, but if you, if you're presenting it poorly it's like think of it as like you know trying to make a first impression with someone you're going out on a first date you're going to try to look good you're going to comb your hair you're going to put on the you're going to splash on the man of cologne you know you, you want to put your best foot forward and that's what you're doing with when you present a book to to a re potential reader no absolutely absolutely yeah and it's yeah you have to think like that's the same thing too like if you've worked this hard to build you know people who are interested in what you're doing the last thing you want to do is like and now here's this yeah that you didn't you know yeah but but you know like but shit happens you know like i just noticed when i was about to read off the back of the paperback that there's a word missing from the back of the ex boogeyman paperback just a single word but it's enough to infuriate me and i've been thinking about it since i i noticed it and i'm gonna have to get and it was, fixed and i was trying to like uh, distract you from thinking about it i, I thought i appreciate that. it once that happened, I was like, he's going to think about that the entire episode. Absolutely. It's going to drive me crazy. Um, and I'm, as soon as I get off the call with you, I'm going to you know, work on getting that fixed immediately. Okay. Uh, but, you know, like that's just on the cover. So it's a little mistake on the cover. Um, the interior of the book, like I said, it was, first of all, the, the text was edited by, by the think, people. You're going to think. I'm, sorry. I'm saying that the, the text of the book has been edited and edited and edited over and over again. The text is very clean. I'm very confident in that um, because here's the, here's the process just for people like who, who are thinking about self-publishing. The process that I went through with it is, you know, first I wrote it and then like usual, I put it aside and then I go back and edit it again a few months later. Uh, but it also was edited by the people at Thunderstorm Books when they released it as slash first the remake. So it was already edited that way. But then when I got, then when I decided to self-publish it, I went through it again to double check. And then I went and put it through uh, a software program 
that uh, Aaron uh, Beauregard has. We went through and we we went th through and checked um, for any kind of typos or grammatical errors through a software program. I forget what it's called, but it checks specifically for that. Uh, so we went over it and over it and over it, and he helped me format it. And we noticed, you know, and then we got proofs made up. So I went and I went through the entire proof, like an actual physical copy. And I read the entire book all over again and highlighted anything that I happened to see in the proof that might've been wrong. So this is a, this, even though you can put out a self-published work relatively quickly, you do want to make sure that you take all of these precautionary steps. So your book doesn't look like some hack job, you know? I totally forgot what we were talking about before that. I had like a, okay. Something <laughs> I was going to say, um, Oh, this is why see this is why i don't get stoned before i get on a show because <laughs> i don't want to because i know i would space out like that i'm not spacing out no um, you kind of you kind of on that road exactly what I, I latched onto what you were saying and i was like well i lost my train of thought um it uh you know what? I guess I could you chalk that up to shit happens. Speaking of Aaron Beauregard, um, I can like make this uh alignment. I am currently um narrating his book Modern Hysteria, uh, nice. having a lot of fun with. Uh, yeah, we were talking about that last time I saw him actually. Um, because we both agree that you're excellent at that, that you do a great job with your um audiobook oh, thank recordings. You so thank you so much, Jeff. I really really truly do appreciate that but yeah yeah it's like you, your your performance is good and the sound quality is really good so it's like the whole thing is great yeah well thank you so much but i am uh yeah i'm really much enjoying doing modern hysteria daisy uh oh i might have to let her out but uh out of this room but um hold on daisy all right let's go. get the hell out of here well, we interrupt this program for a dog related emergency Daisy's Daisy's my cocina Lina, which means she's my beautiful lady. Um, yeah. Is she a new dog or is that just Scarlet's dog? Yeah, that's Scarlet's dog. She's okay. Uh, yeah, she's been around for a bit. She's a, a wonderful, okay. wonderful, wonderful, beautiful dog. Nice. Uh, uh, yeah, but I I also did Aaron's book Yellow, um, which uh, was a lot of fun to do. So I'm having a lot of fun doing this, but I'm doing it right now, like as we're recording this, like I'm halfway through it. So. Uh, a lot of fun and all and also i just did as seen on tv which is my book um i narrated that right. it came out i haven't even posted about it or, or like promoted it at all but it, it is out there right? oh that's great narrated by me well now you've just promoted it so that's cool Ooh, la, la. and that's always fun when it's the author reading his own work you know that's always fun too because like when it's something of yours, you can put the right inflection on every single line, like the way you heard it in your head when you were writing it, you know? Uh, so yeah, that's, that's fun. But some authors are not really good readers, you know, uh, like, uh, oh, yeah, I don't want to No, but, but it's also like, it, like it, we can liken it back to self-publishing, you know, mm -hmm. the reader, yeah. when, when the author gets to read their work, you know, when you get the control, like you said, um, mm -hmm. it's, it's like self-publishing, you know, uh, warts and all i guess is the way you could say it because right, you're, right. because you're right some people are going to approach it where they're like hey there's a cover we see it we see it there's not there's not even like a, i wonder if this happens i just came i just experienced we've experienced it where people are mm -hmm. like here's my books and you're like what the fuck this, what is this, what the fuck is this um yeah. You know, you're we're, we're, when we're talking about like taking time and working with people who are experienced, like that know what they're doing. Like, yes, that is absolutely 
what you should do. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and don't think that you know better or whatever. Like, I drew this cover, but like, I got to give like a lot of credit to Scott Cole, like our buddy who's been on this fucking show. Uh, yeah, Scott rules. He was an awesome writer and uh, cover artist, but also like graphic designer in the sense like he can do like layout for yeah. the books. Like he'll help you do your cover. I sent him the stuff. I was like, yeah, I got you. No problem. Hey, bleed line. Yeah, sure. Here it is. He's like, yeah, none of this is correct. And right, like, right. All right. Hey, well, why don't you do it for me? All right. You know? Right. So yeah, it's, like, worth it. it's, it's, it's worth it. It's yeah. worth it. It's worth it. it Dude, it's it's like, you know what? We were talking earlier off mic about uh, tattoos. And I'll say this, that one of the, the statements that I say that applies to tattoos and musical instruments is you get what you pay for. Absolutely. And this is, and this is one of those situations. That, that, that applies to everything in life. It, I think. it, it um, applies to a lot of things. You get what you yeah. pay for. So yeah. like, um, you get what you pay yeah, for. So, so you have to pay yeah, a little but, bit for somebody that knows what they're fucking doing to do it. Mm-hmm. Think about this. It's going to, it's going to save you. Product. It's going to, it's your product. Yeah. You, this is the, this is the face of your product. So yeah, you want it. It's worth it to, to pay someone who knows what they're doing to, to do the graphic design, the, to do the layout, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I was very fortunate to work with Aaron because he's a friend and he helped me with formatting my books because he knows how to do it because he's been self-publishing for a very long time. Uh, so he helps me with that. And then I help him in turn with his books that he self-published because I'm a good editor. So he'll give me his manuscripts and I'll go through and I'll edit them for him. So like we both bring something to the table when it comes to our Bad Dream Books line. Uh, now, like, we're not what's, going to be Dan publishing. Like, blow you guys both, or what? Dan, yeah, Dan's kind of worthless. Dan's kind of worthless. He's a bitch. floater. No, <laughs> no, no, I do no, no, as this. Dan sucks our dicks. What the fuck? No, dude? no, 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 no. Dan's great. Dan's awesome. Um, but, but no, my point is, is uh, or not my point, but I was going to say that. Um, you know, with Bad Dreams books, we're not looking to expand and be like a publishing company. This is just like a logo no, no, that we're yeah, putting on, yeah. on our own books to like, you know, yeah. too. Uh, so it's like our own little, little company, but we're not open to submissions. We don't have a website or anything like that. It's just like something that we're doing. Um, that's also something that I recommend to anyone who's going to self-publish is come up with some kind of company name, even if it's just going to be you, even if it's just going to be you self-publishing your own stuff. You want to have some kind of logo on it. It just makes it look more official if like you have a publishing house name and you have some little logo on the back. Like I'll show you the logo for, for Bad Dream Books right there, which uh, you know, I worked with uh, CV Hunt. to uh, She did the design for me. Uh, it, you know, it's like the eye in the cloud. I really like it. Um, yeah, because it just makes it look uh, more authentic. And I mean, this isn't this isn't my idea. Lots of lots of authors have done this, including uh, Scott Cole and Adam Caesar when they've put out some of their stuff themselves. You know, they they have their own line as well. Um, awesome dude for life. Dude. Yeah, and like you've done, awesome dude for life. Exactly. So, um, so yeah, there are benefits to self publishing, uh, and there are benefits to publishing with a publisher. But it will be interesting to see. Uh, how profitable this is for both of us. Uh, and it's something I think we'll continue to talk about going forward just because this is, we've both just released these books. So right. we're, we're yet to, we've yet to see what the results will be. We're both working on marketing them right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like you did your, your music video thing. I did my uh, audiobook 
stuff like with the, with the hotline and with the, the radio ads and the YouTube. And so we're kind of like, you know, cause that's the other thing when you're not like a publisher will work on promoting the book, but when it's just you, you got to work on promoting it. You can't just self-publish a book and then just be like, okay, and expect people to just buy it. You got to be out there on social media. You got to be doing more than just saying, Hey, it's more than going on Facebook saying, Hey, I have a book, buy it. You've got to make even the advertising entertaining. No, no, not, let me like go a bit, a step further, Chris, and like, mm-hmm. I hope, hopefully you agree with me on this. Even if you have your book published by an indie publisher, you still have to do all of those. Absolutely. Absolutely. Had. No, you should always and do so, that. But and you so have to do if, it if, even. If you've done it, if, if, if this is self-published, it's like to the nth degree. Yeah, exactly. You know That's what I mean. What I mean. Yeah, you, you, like, always wanna, you always want to try to have creative uh, uh, publicity for your book. And you always want to be on social media promoting your stuff. Absolutely. You're absolutely right about that. But like you said, with self-publishing, it's only you doing that. The, mm-hmm. the publisher isn't helping you in any way. You're just pushing it out yourself. Yeah. Um, and that's, again, like I can relate that to, uh, like, again, back to playing in bands. Like you get booked at these clubs. The clubs aren't necessarily like, hey, fucking John Wayne and his fucking group of jolly assholes are coming this weekend they give a fuck dude yeah yeah like, yeah like they want me to send them posters they right. want they want they want you to fucking put them out and you're like hey you're gonna play it like the fucking boo like it's all on you yeah. and that even doesn't matter who's attached to you even if they have like a bit of clout like it's a lot on you like i don't know playing in like do, rolling through that kind of like situation of like playing music like like that for a while really like kind of sh- puts a lot of this into a different perspective for me where i'm mm. like okay i see like bob you know i see like we're on to bob and we even where you have to do like so much because we do we do if you expect anybody to do the work for you even if you're like <laughs> on some kind of major thing then you're living a fantasy world have fun yeah exactly so um so to, before we wrap up, we wanted to talk about a couple of, I mean, is there anything else you want to say about self-publishing before we move into the movie? No, we're no, talk no, about? no, no. We, yeah, we can. We can. Okay. It was, it, was, um, it was a good time. It was a good talk. Yeah. Yeah. Hope so we, we'll, we'll we. have more information going forward, folks. We'll, yeah. we'll tell you how it goes. You know, like, like we just, we just released them, uh, but please, you know, these more than any other, you know, check them out because we are self-publishing Absolutely. them. So more than any other books, you know, check them out. So then we can really see how this goes for both of us. Yeah. Um, they go to, like, and if you can go to the trianahorror.com, buy them from there, go to John mm-hmm. buy them from there. But any, yeah. any way that you can get them, we both like. Sound. Yeah. Any way you can get them, any way you can get them. But if you get, if you get the hard copies from, websites you get them signed and yeah you know, we throw in little extra swag and stuff uh, so anyway before we wrap up you know because it is halloween season and because we're talking about uh big mm-hmm. publishers versus self-publishing mm-hmm. we wanted to talk about two movies that kind of relate to that in, yeah. in the sense that there's a big studio movie uh that came out and there's also a small uh you know crowdsource funding movie that came out mm-hmm. uh, both horror movies that came out this month uh i saw one and you saw the other which is kind of funny. Neither neither of us have seen both. Um, so it's kind of funny. Uh, so we're just going to talk about them briefly. I more so wanted to talk about them because of um, the, the effect that they've had and I mean, kind of like the box office results and how the movies were made uh, in relation to doing something yourself as opposed to working with uh, a bigger company. Um, 
but we're also just gonna do whatever we're gonna try to do this spoiler free for the most part right no i'm gonna spoil everything so okay great i, I don't well, think let's I, not, though. I, I don't, let's, I don't, let's not spoil it but i don't know if we can make all of the points that i need to make without being able to say like i ah, just watch this like well i well i mean no the points that i wanted to make we're just talking about you know big company versus you know doing something yourself um but no i figure you could you can give like a, a quick review of the movie you want okay. to talk about without spoiling the ending without spoiling the whole plot uh because there's plenty of people out there including myself who haven't seen it yet uh so don't want it totally ruined because i know the movie you're talking about and it's and it's one that has uh, a very different approach and it has a lot of things that people ha don't expect i know that much about it all right, so all right fine all right fine if that's how you want it i'll i'll skirt the i'll skirt the the um spoiler line but this I would movie, prefer this it movie did come out like six weeks a couple of weeks like, a couple of weeks ago a couple of weeks ago this movie came out like fucking three weeks ago at least this well, that's what i said a couple of weeks ago. ago this movie was out in 1908 dude no, no the movie no, we're no, talking okay, about okay, is okay, halloween fine, fine. fine. halloween movie, ends and halloween ends yes yes now we've talked about the 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 other uh green halloween films we talked about halloween 2018 and uh, halloween kills and we didn't both of us didn't like either one but 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 this time like i've seen this new one you have not yes and then you saw terrifier 2 and i have which not. i will be talking yeah. about yes yes right. have you seen terrifier one the first no. one no okay all right well do you want to talk do you want to tell us about halloween ends without totally spoiling it did you just tell us like how you felt about it um i felt like i went into it where i was like you know what dude i do not like to hate everything maybe this will be the one that i will <laughs> i will be like right you know what they fucking did it despite every fucking thing in like my feed of horror related stuff is like yeah, yeah. people just so, hating so on like, it all right whatever but I don't even know. Like I kept saying, like I kept saying to Scarlet, Scarlet, like she'll pick something apart where she's like, "What is happening?" And I'm like, "Shut the fuck up!" Yeah. Um, but I was well, like, "That's that's why you hit her so much." Yeah. Oh no, 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 with my dick. Uh, but I was like, <laughs> I was, I was like, I'm so confused. What is happening in this movie? This movie isn't really even like about Michael Myers. Uh, a whole lot it, it's about somebody else that that the, the yeah yeah i've heard that like it's it's like yeah. it's it's very bizarre and in, that's in yeah. a weird way to cap off like well i guess it's a good way to cap off like a shitty fucking three trilogy three yeah because the last three two way. were terrible yeah. three way like trilogy i guess it's a great way to do that but like i was very yeah. confused but i didn't want to be Chris, I wanted to be able to maybe come to this recording and be like, you know what? Halloween ends. No, I, I really can't. But what I, I mean, like, I don't know if we, you know, I think that the lot, like the Netflix um, uh, Chainsaw Massacre one, that's the one I would come to you and be like, I don't it was pretty but we talked about it like it was entertaining i yeah, don't no, i thought that was fun I like, yeah. I was, it was fun it was, and and funny enough I, funny well funny enough i also felt like the new texas chainsaw massacre on netflix was 
uh, mocking the new Halloween movies. It kind of was like with the way they, yeah. Okay. It absolutely was. Yeah. yeah. It was, a, it was, it was, it was poking, poking fun. Mm-hmm. This one, I was like, what's happening? Yeah. Happy. Cause like the first like 35 minutes, I'm like, is this a rom-com? Mm-hmm. Is this a meet yeah. cute yeah, yeah. happening? It's very confusing to me. Uh, I, I, I wanted to like it. So people that are listening that are like, well, he just, already hate because he hated i did hate the last two i hated them but i mean but you gave them all a chance yeah I like because like, because we were both and, well, well let me just say we were both like that with halloween kills where we hated the one that came before it mm-hmm. but we were both willing to give it a chance and we did. I went, saw the first one in the theater wanted yeah, but, but, uh, but yeah, yeah of course of course we wanted but, to love it we wanted but, but but even but even after that, even after the massive disappointment that we had in the first one, we still gave Halloween Kills a chance. We both right. like, okay, we'll see what happens. Maybe they improve, and they absolutely didn't. It's terrible. Um, but uh, you know what we'll have to do is I'll just have to see it, and then we can talk about it, and we can like flag it and just be like, hey, spoiler alert, we're going to be talking about the movie. That's what we'll do. How about that? Okay, we can do that. This one, cool. I was very confused, and bewildered bewildered yeah and if i can't spoil it that's all i'll have to say okay because <laughs> i've heard people say similar things that it's very different from other ones that it takes a totally different course uh but i have had a few people say that they really liked it you know like scott cole really liked it for example um but he also oh, likes the he's previous off the project ones. immediately he is yeah, yeah, he's fired. No, no, he's no. fired. <laughs> no, but there are people out there that thought it was cool that they tried to do something different. Uh, and let's not forget, let's not forget, dude, uh, that you know, a lot of people hated Friday the 13th Part 5 because it was a little something different with Roy instead of Jason. A lot of people hated Halloween yeah. 3 because it didn't have Michael Myers. So, know, but you know, I think that those I'm not saying are, it's are, good. Are, those people are <laughs> I'm not saying. You know, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not saying Halloween ends is good. I obviously don't know. I certainly don't think the last two were good. But I'm just saying that, like, not I'm not going to. Really. I'm not going to totally judge someone if they if they do like it. It's like not okay, you know, you know. Like, it's okay to like whatever you like. I like a lot of yeah. stupid shit. I, I personally I argue about all the stupid shit. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Like, like you like Rob Zombie stuff, and I don't. Yeah. You know, don't, yeah, we don't have to. We don't have to get it. into it. But like, but but, my, but I'm saying like to me like the 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 green. Uh, Halloween movies, as much as I hated them, are massively better than the Rob Zombie ones. Infinitely better, and I then I and I still don't like them, but they were way better. But they, you know, it's like everyone has different opinions. And the thing about the uh, that we've discussed this before. The thing about the Halloween series is there's so many different tangents that goes off into. There's so many different timelines that like it, it, it's there's so many there's so many versions of it at this point that you're going to run into fans of one and not the other and some that you know like it's just how it is and so it, everyone's got their is. halloween we should all dude. just get along um right i'm sorry like i love I'll like say. i love halloween four but a lot of people don't and i love halloween four i think it's the best sequel they ever did a lot of people right. don't like it so it's like you know i can't say shit if someone likes halloween yeah. six i can't say shit if someone likes h2o you know but uh one thing i will say the uh which we also set up at the last one Inter- like there are some good kills one that involves fire mm-hmm. in a way that invokes the spirit of roy uh oh, nice. when roy like puts the um uh the road flare in that kid's mouth yeah, to that guy's mouth yeah. okay so it's not that it's not that 
but it really brought that memory back to me when it happened. Like nice. it was like it related. I was like, all right, man, I like that. It's yeah. Cool. So yeah. like I said, it's not, it's not awful. I watched it, but I was very like, what is happening? All right. Well, we'll, we'll return to this. We'll return to this probably on the next episode. I will watch it. Turn it off. Just so we could talk about it. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Um, but you okay, saw something so- different. But I did. I saw Terrifier 2. And I, it's kind of interesting to me that you haven't seen the first one even. Um, I saw the first Terrifier back when it came out. And I was unimpressed. Um, because to me, I'm like, here we go. A fucking killer clown. Like, what could be more hack than a killer clown at this point? You know? Uh, but I saw it because I had a few people tell me that the kills were really good. Even, even though, like, the movie wasn't great. The kills were good. And that's true. The kills in Terrifier, the first one. Are pretty good and there's one in particular which is phenomenal it's extremely brutal it's extremely gory i really liked that part and that's the part that i remember most but i also remember the movie being uh completely void of a narrative uh you never get any explanation of what art the clown is his name well you never get an explanation of what he is or who he is he's just this killer clown killing people and the the characters are that he kills are all one-dimensional there's no one you can really root for or care about it's not a very good movie uh, so I wasn't, therefore, excited about Terrifier 2. Um, but uh, my friend Mona Kabani was very excited about it. She loves Terrifier. And um, my friend Aaron Beauregard, we mentioned earlier, uh, he went to see it. And he was telling me that it had some of the most brutal kills he'd ever seen in a movie. And I was like, no way. And he was like, yes way. And I was like, no way. And he was like, yes way, son. So um, I was like, all right, well, maybe I'll check it out then some sometime you know but again uh, i don't really care for going to the movies i'd rather wait and watch it at home and it wasn't available on any kind of streaming but what happened is uh aaron knows knows someone who managed to to give us a a screener of the film and so we watched it at his house when i was visiting him recently mm-hmm. uh and so we were able to watch it and um the movie is a little of a story than the first one, but it's still a nonsensical narrative and it's still a hack narrative in my personal opinion. I don't think it's a good story at all, mm. but the kills are magnificent. I'm talking like Olaf Ittenbach level gore mm. and brutality. Uh, yeah, there, there, there's um, several kills that are just completely over the top, uh, but there's one in particular during a home invasion scene. I'm not spoiling anything by saying that. Uh, but there's a whole invasion scene where Art the Clown kills this woman, and it's one of the most brutal things I've ever seen. It's fucking phenomenal. Uh, so while the movie, I can't say it's a good movie at all because it's a it's a garbage story, but it's also it's just mindless horror fun. It's a throwback to the old slasher genre, you know, much like my book Ex Boogeyman. Uh, but my book has a plot, and this movie does not. Um, <laughs> or at least, or at least the play it, ha- it has a plot, but it doesn't make any fucking sense. Shit happens. It's like, wait a minute. I thought that person is dead. Now they're back and they're fine. I thought this person gouged their eyes out and now they're back and they're fine. It's like, it doesn't make any sense. It's, it's just a nonsensical movie. However, the kills are so good that I 100% give it the Triana stamp of approval to every horror fan out there to see it. Oh shit. Um, yeah. Because it's that gory. Triana bump. You get because I'm giving it the Triana bump, but it doesn't need my bump. And that's the other thing we're going to talk about, um, you know, when it comes to like self-publishing a book and working with publisher. Here we have two movies, Halloween Ends, which is big studio production, big star, Jamie Lee Curtis, 
popular franchise that's been around for 40 fucking years. It comes out, makes some good money. It's pretty much fucking hated by most people. It's pretty much hated. Horror fans, fans well, of the franchise. Made only, it's, it's only like made like men's amounts of money. It's, it hasn't made what it expected. Right. It like, wasn't uh, hugely successful. I'm of this recording. I believe it has like a 46% Rotten Tomatoes score, which is right. not great. It um, did make money, but it didn't It didn't make it didn't as much money as, money as was expected. No, no, no. no. Yeah. It was supposed yeah. to be like this renaissance of horror, bringing people back to the theater type of thing yeah. for horror, and it did not. It didn't do that. Horror. It didn't deliver that. And, However. And, and I'm sorry. Fit, okay, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, I don't know how much of that is owed to like the internet being like, people just like pre-hitting right. it or being like bah, 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 already yeah. like, pumping yeah. it to hate it and then keeping people away. I don't know. Like, right. I, you, it could be that, or it could be that people, sword, you know, it could I mean? be that, or it could be that, that, you know, cause a lot of people hated Halloween kills too. That's true. Um, it wasn't just us. Like people that liked the first I, Halloween, I hate- the first, people who liked the, the previous Halloween, the, 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 the Halloween 2018, People who liked that hated Halloween kills, you know, so like that could, could have hurt Halloween ends as well. That's true. But I guess I I've hated all of them, but I still invested time to like I still watched all. of them. Right. But I'm just talking about like what, what may have hurt the success. I guess not everyone looks at the franchises like that. So, yeah. Different. So but anyway, while that didn't perform that well and while it was pretty much hated by horror fans for the most part. Um, Terrifier 2 had the exact opposite effect. Terrifier 2 was made on a shoestring budget. I mean, I think it was like a quarter of a million dollars, Terrifier Mm -hmm. 2. Uh, And it was actually a crowdsourced movie. Um, The director, uh, Damien Leone, wanted to make the sequel. And uh, he went on, uh, I'm pulling it up now, Indigo. He had an Indigo campaign with a $50,000 goal to uh, to film a practical effects driven uh, scene, uh, the campaign was a massive massive success, reaching over four hundred and thirty percent of the of the initial goal, with a total of two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in donations. Uh, it is one of the uh, numerous films impacted by the worldwide COVID nineteen pandemic, with principal photography coming to a halt mid twenty twenty two mid twenty twenty due to the pandemic lockdowns. Uh, but the movie was made. Uh, kind of like on, on on its own, you know. It wasn't with a huge studio backing, and it was actually even released in a lim- in a limited run in theaters, and it was released without an MPAA rating, which is which is crazy. You know, that's very rare for that to happen. I, remember, I think the last horror movie I can remember that happening with is was Hatchet Two, and they pulled it pretty quickly uh, because it was a graphic gory movie. Now, this is one of the reasons that Terrifier Two is as graphic and brutal as it is, is because it is unrated. It doesn't have an MPAA rating, but it came out in theaters for one weekend and made it like an astonishing amount of money. Like for a movie that was filmed for like a, qu- a quarter of a million dollars, it made like $1.5 million in a single weekend. It made so much that like it, they, they decided to put it back in theaters because it was only going to be a weekend run, like October 6th through the 9th or some shit. But they did that, but it was so successful that they brought it back again. Um, and the movie, I, I have it here. Um, the box office, Terrifier 2 was released in 186 theaters in the United States, grossing uh, $400,000 on its opening day. Uh, it went on to debut to 800, 
$805,000, then made a million the following weekend, an increase of 28%. Variety called the film's success a shock to the industry due to its low budget and limited mainstream marketing. Through its, two, uh, through its first two weeks of release, the film had a running total of $3.4 Speaking of the film's box office success, uh, Leon said, I did not expect it to make this kind of splash uh, or playing theaters, honestly, other than maybe a few art house theaters to see it snowballing, the world of mouth, word of mouth growing, people getting sick and fainting in the theater. Uh, I never expected this or for it to make millions of dollars in theaters. So it's this phenomenon, success, uh, and it's a success for indie horror, which makes me very happy. Like, even though I wasn't super impressed by the movie, I thought it was, you know, I thought it could have benefited from getting a real writer to write it instead of the guy writing, directing, editing, and producing, doing everything for the movie. I uh, you know, like, you know, Jack of all trades, master of none, master of none is certainly the case. Um, I think it would definitely would have benefited from better script because they still don't give you any kind of information of what art the clown even is. Stuff happens in the movie that makes no sense whatsoever, but I'm very happy to see a crowdsourced uh, fan favorite horror franchise growing out of out of the a pot of dirt, you know, this beautiful flower out of a pot of dirt, um, you know, it's 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 just a cool thing. So that's like a great example, of just like what we were talking about with self publishing versus working with publishers. Like you never know what's going to take off if you put the love and attention into something and give give the people what they want, which is what Terrifier Two did. It gave people a brutal, intense, gory horror movie, whereas a lot of these mainstream horror movies like that have come out, like Barbarian and Smile and stuff like that didn't get this kind of response because they're not giving horror fans that they're much tamer. They're much more mild because they want to get a wider audience because they want that PG 13 rating. So they team shit down. And I'm not saying all those movies are PG 13, but this is what studios do a lot to horror is they'll tame it down. And then that way the you know, younger people can get in to see the movie and they think it's going to increase ticket sales. And perhaps it does, but the main, but the, the hardcore horror fans aren't getting the gore and the carnage and the murder and the craziness that they really want. Uh, whereas Terrifier 2, because it uh, circumnavigated the uh, the MPAA and because it was they made it all on their own, they were able to do whatever they wanted with the movie and they made it fucking balls to walks crazy. I'm done. I know that was a long winded thing. Oh, that's fine. And absolutely. And this is where I'm going to step in and like um, uh, earlier, like I'm going to stand against a little bit earlier, like when you said like how horror conventions have become like a, a flea market or whatever. Mm -hmm. I, I, as you know, I'm like in the trenches of the flea market almost weekly. And I know Damien and uh homeboy that plays art uh, and they have been in those trenches like mm -hmm. absolutely movie. and that this movie has been filmed like done in can for like a while like oh fucking while um mm. so they've been like promoting, and i see like the the kind of like uh cult following the terrifier has it totally uh, does yeah um and like they're always there they're there yeah. a lot of these conventions with me that's the only reason they I are them. and then like the, I, I I mentioned earlier, like off record, like that, you know, I had a connection like so my my buddy Rick Staszynski, who runs like 13X Studios, who does like they do. He does all the different like uh, Jason masks and he does a lot mm -hmm. of like mm -hmm. masks and stuff. So he plays like a part in that movie. He's like selfie guy is his role. Like so I guess like in some big kill scene, he's like a guy mm -hmm. doing selfie. So they actually like his role, like he has like this documentary filmed about his role 
and he wanted mm. like music for it. He wanted like some opening sequence for it. So like uh, I did the opening music. Oh, that's cool, man. This documentary about his nice. character in this little horror movie that, you know, has gone on to have this success. So that's um, really cool. It Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's, it's cool. It's whatever, but like, it's, it's, it's one of those things where you're like, they don't like he said he didn't know like this was just like terrifier too and now people are like it's having you know not since like probably like what do you like the exorcist where they're like they're calling ambulances to the theater yeah yeah that's what they've said it's like people have been fainting and throwing up and stuff and and like some people like have been saying that oh it's the most most brutal horror movie i don't think that's necessarily true at all i think it might be the most brutal that a lot of people have seen because in a mainstream sense maybe terrifier 2 while it while it doesn't have an, a a really a, a perfect narrative that flows it is so crazy in the kills and so graphic and gory uh that it's really worth seeing um and uh, that was the other thing i was saying is that a lot of some people are saying it's the most brutal horror movie ever i don't think that's necessarily true i think if you watch a movie like martyrs or inside or a serbian film they're much more brutal uh but this is is one of the more brutal films I've seen in a long time. Uh, and it's, and the kills are insane and they're a lot of fun. I'm going to, I was literally, I was literally cheering as I was watching the kill scenes. So love it. I love it. Chris. And I love you. I love you. Happy Happy Halloween Halloween to you and happy Halloween to everyone who's out there listening. Uh, We hope you have a, a fun and fabulous Halloween. Thank you for everyone. Uh that's uh, been tuning back into the show. Uh, and it's been listening all along. We appreciate it so much. Um, we love you all. Go check so out I, his new book, Ex Boogeyman, at trianahorror.com or anywhere you get books from. Uh, check out and check Deadline. out oh. check out John Wayne's new book, Deadline, which is available at johnwayneisdead.com, but it's also available wherever books are sold. That's right, absolutely. And look for uh, you know, we have a lot. Uh, both Chris and I have a lot of you know stuff coming out, things in the works, a lot of new things. So stay with us uh, by following us on our individual social medias and together, and listen to the show, please, and you know, pass it on to your friends, your Romans, your countrymen, like an S, like an STD. Pass it on. Ah, please keep it going, like one of those weird <laughs> STDs that they can't weird figure out like where it came from or why, and it doesn't really affect you, but it does. We're a lot like uh, an SDD too, in that we're a moment of pleasure, a lifetime of pain. Ah, moment on the lips, lifetime on the lips. That's us. That's what my mom always used to say. I love you, mom. Thanks, everyone. Have a good one. Have a happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. And we'll see you in hell.